Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode number 162 here on Monday, January the 27th, 2020. We're here to rock you through the world of retro wrestling. That's right. We hope you uh, enjoyed last week as we kicked off season 17. We're back again. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Well, Michael, we watched the Royal Rumble last night. That was fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Very well, good what times a, what there. What an event. But we're not here to talk about the current wrestling, right? No. We're here to talk about the retro wrestling. And uh, we want the old you- skew. <laughs> yeah, the old skew. And we want you guys to uh, check us out on Twitter as well if you haven't been there yet. We have a lot of old skew video clips there. Yeah. That you can school. check out. Yeah, school. Uh, it's over at OVP Podcast on the Twitter. You can also email us if you use email. Email. Some people do, right? Right. Still, email. Email. That's, uh, that's old school. Yeah, it's very school. Uh, you can do that at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you, to talk to me, and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on this little corner of the internet called Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash skewel. It's a great site where you can talk about that old skewel wrestling. Yes. It's amazing, really. <laughs> and actually, how you use it. Have you ever wondered, how do I use yeah, Facebook? No, I, I, I think a lot of people actually ask that question. Especially people in their 60s. Well, in this case, there's a search bar on that that skewel site over okay. there, Facebook right. slash skewel. And you type in our vantage point, Dash Rush Wrestling Podcast, Bing Bang Boom, Kaflui Gore, tubes, yeah, tubes, all the things. Right, internet. And then, boom, you're in. That's, That's it. it. That's all you have to do. You just have to say, I want to join this and then yeah, let you it in. it shows up and you hit the group button and you're in. Oh, that's cool. That's it. Now, from what I understand, once you're in this group, folks, what you can do is talk about the old wrestling. You can talk about a little current if you want to as well. And, uh, you know, discussion is encouraged. Debate is encouraged. The one thing that is not encouraged is being a dingus. No dingusing. Don't, don't be a dingus. Uh, basically, don't be a jerk. Don't be that, a jerk to but each we other. Don't say, we don't even want to go as far as just saying jerk. Yeah, so this is dingus. G. This is yeah. very G, right? Very G. Very G. Very G, huh? It's loaded. Uh, so you go to our Facebook group. It really is a fun time. Check it out. Join it if you have the Facebook. And uh, if your uncle does too, invite him as well. That'd be yeah, funny. Yeah, well, I mean, it is an old skill site. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of skill. So you can do that. Uh, and later on in the show, we're going to have some more info on our Patreon. We do have a Patreon. That's for people that want to support the show. It's not this get-rich-quick type of scheme. We're not Steptoe and Son. No Steptoe around here. Or Sanford and Son yeah. or any Whichever any country son. you're from. Frank J. Sippo and Son. Yeah. We're, no, we're none of we're those. We're none of those. Yeah. But uh, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You can get pay-per-view reviews there that we do. We've done every single one since WrestleMania, and we're up to Royal Rumble 89. Uh, next month for February will be WrestleMania 5. So again, if you're interested in more OVP content, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And Quinn, before we get into uh, our first segment, since the recording of the last episode, I mean, we're live, obviously, but it's since the last live, episode, yeah. Rocky Johnson passed away, and we just wanted to pay our respects. Uh, clearly a pioneer in a lot of ways. He He broke barriers and was tag team champion as we all know very famous moment rocky yeah. johnson and one tony the, atlas one of the more famous moments in wrestling you yeah know, seriously pre hulkamania era in, i guess in, yeah pre hulkamania uh, w, w, <laughs> wf yeah wf <laughs> he 
he was good and he was there for several years obviously the rock's father and uh, we just wanted to pay legitimate respect there to rocky johnson who uh Good, good wrestler too. Very, very uh, good in, wrestler, in all seriousness. Innovative uh, move set. Yeah, especially like we're watching these eighty threes for the Patreon. These live reviews of championship wrestling, and he is unique compared to all the other guys that are there in terms of what he does in the ring. He is as much as we joke about his storyline yeah. and why is he number Getting one title shots, yeah, right, and right. stuff. But but I mean, like he is like unique comparatively to the rest of everyone absolutely so. is and was beloved and was a big fan favorite as they'd say in the uh in the old after mags don't call them the after mags and he also gave us the rock and he gave us the rock of dad, course so. yes uh so rocky johnson rest in peace uh so quinn this season as we kicked off last week we are going through people or events or maybe maybe not even wrestlers but just people involved in wrestling uh, or match types pay-per-views that have influenced the product that we have today Mm -hmm. for better or for worse this is true doesn't have to be a good influence last week we started by talking about the tlc match and we kind of discussed how we got to that point and then what's come afterwards tables ladders and chairs if you don't know what that yes (laughs) and uh, folks if you have something that you'd like us to discuss for this segment be sure to shoot it over to us at ovp podcast at gmail.com we're on Twitter at OVP Podcast, or even better, join the group. But Quinn, this week was my pick, and I wanted to talk about someone who I think is hugely influential, Superstar Billy Graham. This is a California suntan. I got this suntan in Death Valley where it's 150 degrees. Yes, yeah, Superstar Billy Graham, the um, the pre-Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's one of the big things that we'll get to talk about. Uh, if you're not familiar with the good version of Billy Graham. I'm not talking about late 80s bald head announcer of Billy Graham, you know, because yeah, he or, was kind of past it by then. Yeah, even some people don't like the karate one. I like him. And but karate's okay. The karate's pretty fun. <laughs> He's really but, not bad. But we're talking also, like, we're kind of talking about his whole career, but the big, like, blonde, muscly tie-dye man. And the charisma. Eating all my steaks raw. I don't even cook my meat. So Billy Graham, what he was, and I think what influenced people was in the 70s, which he started, I think, in 69. But in the 70s, this guy was also a bodybuilder, former preacher as well. Hence why he chose Billy as his first name when he was adopted into the Graham family in kayfabe. Plus, I mean, to be a preacher, you got to have a lot of charisma. Generally, right? Yeah. So Billy Graham... In the 70s, the WWF champion version of him, even the you know the pre-WWF champion version of him, the long Hogan-type skullet, maybe a right. little bit more hair on top at the time. Yeah. I mean, he even had the bandana, just like Hulk Hogan. He had the bandana. He had colorful outfits in a time where not many people did. I mean, you're talking about Bruno and Pedro were previous champions. If you want to choose between red and blue as your tights, <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's the most color you're getting. Right. And this guy would just, with these creative looking tights and these creative outfits and this huge look now we're not talking huge fat not no. like haystacks calhoun mm-hmm. uh, we're not talking huge tall like andre the he giant was tall though he was pretty tall we're talking just ripped muscular steroided up obviously right just big now you might look at him girthy nowadays. yeah you might look at him nowadays and actually he might not i mean people out muscled him later sure but i'm saying like when he came in Everyone didn't. They they could not. No one touch looked like that. That big, the biceps. Didn't he have the twenty two inch pythons? And yes, Hulk was I think upgraded so. to the twenty four <laughs> yeah, inch. I think you're right about yeah. that. Slightly smaller, right? And uh, you know, people went on to look like him, but he was a trendsetter in that way. But not only the physical look, right? He had this unique, kind of unseen before charisma, right? And he was a heel, but he was so 
freaking entertaining as a heel. The, the way he'd talk and he'd just say things off the top of his head. You know, poetry it's, almost. It's very weird. He's got this like, there's two things I think of. Um, he's got this like 19, like 60s hippie look. Yes, him. he does. Right, like, like going to Woodstock. Yeah, like and, and talking like dude and brother and yeah, all this right, stuff. Right, right. But also, he's kind of like Muhammad Ali. Yes, like, and, you know what I mean. And that was one of his, from what I understand, one of his influences in the way he spoke. Obviously, yeah, because Muhammad Ali would do, you know, I'm gonna, you know, one of my miracles. No, yeah, <laughs> but he would say things in rhyme, and he would be very charismatic, and he would taunt people, and, and kind of slow, but like it also he could speed it up. I don't know, yeah. you know how Muhammad Ali talks? Yeah, it's that cadence, kind of like, like that weird cadence, that like up and down. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking. Pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Muhammad Ali, incidentally, has said that he was influenced, not speaking wise, but the whole, the, the theatrics of Gorgeous George. Right, exactly. Right. So it, it all goes, goes back, back to Gorgeous George. George. It always goes back to Gorgeous George. <laughs> yeah. but and Bill, Farmer Burns. And Farmer Burns, the yeah. original. But Billy Graham was so unique at this time that the WWF recently, within the last 10 or so years, maybe 15 now, their DVD on him was called 20 Years Too Soon. Right. And the implication there is that this guy was so far ahead of his time as to what other people would become later. And some of those attributes and aspects are most glaring in two people off the top of my head. Right. Jesse Ventura was like literally trying to be Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just, he's like, uh, what's the, what's the Jimmy Snuka imitation? C.V. Offie. He's like the C.V. Offie version of Billy right. Graham. Because I'm the originator of tie-dye, I taught superstar Billy Graham everything he knows. Now, Ventura is a great talker, and he yeah. didn't talk anything like Graham. Exactly. Totally different style of talking. But I mean, the look was... The exactly. look was... And, and let's, he just overtly says, I'm the body. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Now, and Ventura also, in the early days, didn't he have blonde hair sometimes? I thought he had blonde hair most, most of, of the time. Most of the time? Yeah, <laughs> I guess he did. You're and right. Even the skullet and everything. The skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fortunate? Yeah. And the tights and the boas and the look. The main difference is Jesse was actually worse in the ring than Billy Graham. Oh, he was horrible. <laughs> Graham was and, good. Uh, Graham's uh, okay. Not great. No, yeah, no, no. He's not great. But he mean, was okay. That was never his strength. Was that was in never the, the ring. point. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then another guy who was very overtly influenced by Billy Graham, uh, you might have heard of him. His name is Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. You, yeah. you ever hear him? No, the Hulkster is like, to me, he's like the evolved form of Billy Graham. Exactly. It's like, the, it's like what if we could find a guy that was even more charismatic and also slightly better in the ring definitely like, no he is yeah he because he because he had like japan experience and stuff <laughs> so it's like he could kind of like change his style a little bit like he definitely wrestled he kind of downscaled his style to oh, be for almost, the WWF, which, yeah. is, which is such a like downscale to be more graham like anyway yeah, <laughs> right you know in a weird way a better finisher than graham too yeah. but uh yeah hulk hogan Especially if you ever catch some of those earlier Hogan promos, I'm talking like 79, 80. Yeah. He, he talks, what's when he talks quieter? Yeah. And he says daddy a real lot and brother a real lot, which is all from Billy Graham. The and brother is from Billy Graham. The Titanic struggle is set. The stage is set. The battle of the giants. I have already called the weather department. I told him to set the Richter scale when it spins around three or four times. When I slam the giant, when I step on his face, when I drag him around the ring, they will not know it is not an earthquake. It is Andre the Giant falling to defeat. The other difference the Hulkster did from Billy Graham is he played a face version of Billy Graham, which is in later years, yeah. Which is like it's funny because Billy Graham, I could imagine him acting like that if he was a face. 
Yeah, and he wanted to be yeah. a face, too, Billy Graham. They never let him. They did, Vince uh, Sr. wouldn't let him. When he won the WBF title from Bruno San Martino, that was a big shocker, Billy right. Graham, right? And he was not the champion for very long, but when he was, he was a hot champion, and I think he sold out MSG, what, 19 times? I mean, he was a big deal, this yeah, guy. Yeah, when we, meet, when we say not champion very long, he was champion for like seven months or something, yeah, which is right. like Back nowadays, then it's not so long, yeah, but now then, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when he lost it to Backlund, that was kind of that, and... He obviously came back in um, 82 as Karate Billy Graham, just to kind of right. recap his career here. And he toned down the uh, the promos to the point where he was still funny, but he I don't think he was trying to be. It's just the way he talks is funny. I love this version because, okay, so it's been said by him that basically what he was doing was just like, it's like the Billy Graham thing. It, not that it faded, but he knew he needed to like, he had left and maybe some people forgot. So like, here's a chance I can capital i can get in on something early right right right. and he and he says he noticed that ninja stars and toys like that were popular kids and he's like he was just looking for something that he could like get in on the ground floor and like get ahead of everyone on and it's like what if i pattern say i know karate now so funny like i and then like so he gets in on the karate thing he can now he has like like karate pants on and like a black belt he uh leans out he's not as bulky he shaves his head completely as a black mustache right totally overhauls his look right and the best thing quinn that you and i have noticed watching these is that he plays it straight confident powerful no butterflies no nervousness ready strong vicious mean karate champion of the world he pl- no, he's a serious, like, he, he's like, I went to the Orient, and I learned karate. Like it's and not like, tongue-in-cheek. And, and he's like, and he's like I have a chop that's, like, <laughs> devastating because I learned it from my karate master. I have a karate chop! Like, he's all serious now, about it. Now, he is, but he, there's also times with it where I feel like it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's, it's just very silly, and it's actually, like, really entertaining at certain points. I don't because mind it. Like, sometimes, remember, he'll, like, go away in 82 for, like, a couple weeks, and he'll come back, I've refreshed my chop, brother daddy! Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's still talking like Billy Graham, he, he but does. he's just like, I know karate now. Right. Now, when he went elsewhere after 83, uh, I believe NWA and places like that, he reverted back to his superstar Billy Graham persona, but he never grew the skullet back in. Right. He was always bald. Did his mustache change blonde again? Yeah, he dyed it blonde and had the goatee. Right. And when he came back to the WWF, he came in 1986. He wrestled a little bit, had to get hip surgery, I believe it was. Now, this version of him was even more bulky, though. Oh, he he was huge. Like, like somehow he was like, let let me take more steroids. (laughs) (laughs) So the leanness is gone. Right. I mean, he knows kind of crazy about in that interim that nobody ever talks about. He was at like Starcade and shit. Like he wrestled three, like, right? The first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just there. Yeah. <laughs> he was gone from WWF already. Yeah, exactly. So then he obviously winds down his wrestling career in 87. He just couldn't do it anymore and went on to be a terrible manager and commentator. And we're not going to worry about the rest. But influence wise, right? We mentioned Hogan. We mentioned Jesse Ventura. Another person who was outwardly overtly influenced by him was a. Uh, Scott Steiner, when he turned heel, to the point where he has said his original nickname before he was Big Papa Pump, it was very brief, besides White Thunder, Mm -hmm. was Superstar Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, to me, is one of the, uh, obviously has one of the greatest physiques I've ever seen uh, in professional wrestling. That's stupid. He died the superstar. (laughs) Superstar. He had the blonde goatee. And again, another guy influenced by the look. I think a lot of people 
indirectly were influenced by what Billy Graham brought to the table. I think there's a big one that we're missing. Go ahead. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was another who has yeah. said, and I forget which DVD, I forget yeah. which thing. Because Dusty Rhodes, when he started, he was more of like a Texas hick type of Cowboy character. Cowboy with Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch, right. Yeah. The West Texas Outlaws or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he, or just Texas Outlaws. When he went singles, he, he basically aped Billy Graham. A little bit, yeah. The same speaking style. Right. They're very similar. And uh, and yeah, Dusty Rhodes, definitely not in the looks department. No, but like I mean, that. he was he was the fat version of, <laughs> uh, of Billy Graham. That's true, though. It would have been was. funny if he, if like when he was initially like, if he was heel or something if he like pretended like his like how buddy rose does he's like look at my boss you, know I mean? <laughs> yeah. you ever see those dusty uh billy graham matches from msg in the 70s are good the yeah crowd the yeah, crowds no, yeah, off the, the ones where he's like dancing around and yeah stuff. they're yeah. good graham wrapped up and he's just hugging superstar graham is just hugging but uh yeah that's another one and i think a lot of guys that were just well built big guys and charismatic i'm talking like your paul orndorff some people like that Mm -hmm. there's a degree of influence that just permeated i think the wrestling uh landscape for lack of a better term i think there's from billy graham i think there's even faint influence down to anybody who's like one of the top guys randy savage works billy graham and i would even say there there's an element of the face version of john cena like not not the rapper kind i mean with the muscly and like that just that muscly thing alone is like a, a big deviation from like what they were doing before that's true i mean if you look at when billy graham was champion right yeah in the wwf right you know who was champion elsewhere like awa it was either going to be Vern gagne or nick bockwinkle they look nothing like right. this guy that, that's all the only reason i'm saying even yeah. down to like more recent yeah, yeah. Big faces like because john cena that's what i mean <clears throat> if john cena was not a big gigantic muscly man they would have never made him the number right. one guy I and, agree. And that's, that's my point i agree with that 100 yeah. percent. but before that before billy graham you didn't see anything like that you know Luthez, obviously we're going way right. back but even dory funk in the nwa jack briscoe these yeah. were your champions rick flair has said he was influenced by billy graham that's, there's a flamboyancy yeah yeah no you're you're absolutely right and i i actually i think that's why people in the 90s with like how steve austin or the rock right right were, were big stars why they were they were like almost a deviation back because they were not like billy graham right because it, it, other than that brief period in the 90s, we've always had a big muscly man as the champion. Yeah, you know Brett I mean? and Sean weren't, you know, yeah. those were totally not Brett, like... Brett, <laughs> Sean, Rock, Stone Cold, not huge, gigantic muscle men. I would say Triple H was influenced to a degree by Billy Graham yeah, as Triple well. Triple H is, is kind of a return to form yeah. to that Billy Graham style. Like, you know, of like big muscle man. Yeah. You know, a, a little flamboyant. A little flamboyant. I think the charismatic heel... I'm trying to think. I'm sure there were other charismatic heels before Billy Graham, but I can't think of any. So maybe there weren't really. Right. You know what I'm no, saying? Because like, before we had a Russian bear. That's beat, the thing. You know, like and bad guys Stan were Stasiak, <laughs> like, what, Still look at that one. <laughs> bad guys were supposed to be unlikable, not funny. No yeah. personality, mean, usually foreign, you know, Fritz von Erich, right. people like that, like you said, yeah. you know, Russian bear, Stasiak, just n- nothing to like. Right. Like, why would you like them? Billy Graham comes in as a bad guy, and he's likable, and he's charismatic, and he's entertaining, and he's to, fun to, to watch. To the point where all the, like, Billy Graham likes are all faces, basically. Essentially, like right? you do. Even if they start as heel, they become faces because you're good at it, I mean, right? Big Papa Pump, for example. <laughs> yeah, but, big Papa Dump. Yeah. Uh, so that's Billy Graham's influence, I think. I mean, I think it's a great influence. I don't think we have that version of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, honestly, how do you 
Does there he come up with that on his own? No, no, he right? doesn't. Like, what, who was doing that before no Billy one. Graham? Like, nobody. No Everyone one. Everyone was just like, they wore the underpants and, like, <laughs> like wrestled around and it was boring. I'm gonna get you! You yeah. know, like, those are the heel promos. Bob Backlund. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or you have Wild Red Barrier, one of the old managers, you know, yeah. just talking for the big, scary, ugly guy. Yeah. That's what it was. Exactly. And again, I'm simpling it down, but really, if you can think of charismatic heels, let me know. But he was Gorgeous def- George is the only one. Yeah, there I mean, you go. Like, that was like in the 50s. So and it was, nobody <laughs> nobody was doing that since that point. No, no. And that was a different character anyway, you know, because this right. was a muscle man. The Gorgeous George was an effeminate we were, character. We were coming out of the 60s and most of the 70s with like these technical, right. the, the funks and like... Yeah, the funks, know, the Briscoes, the guys like the, that. Those kind of... Yeah, I mean, exactly. So it's like this Billy Graham thing was almost kind of a return to the Gorgeous George style, but in this muscly, form, right. muscle man form. And even like a heel champion like a Harley Race, he wasn't like a Billy Graham type. He was no. a hard-nosed, like, you know... He's he'll, a street fighter. Right. You know, like, he'll grind it out. Beat you up in Kansas City, you know? <laughs> Cook you some barbecue and then kick your ass. Exactly. With a cowboy hat on and a smile. <laughs> Cut you in line, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cowboy hat and a smile. I mean, seriously. They, they wear those hats in Kansas City. Okay. The barbecue people do. Oh, yeah. barbecue hat, literally. Yeah, yeah literally. Like uh, I, I think I, I was there. They, like Kansas City, they, they're big on the uh, barbecue hat. Really, barbecue yeah. hat. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall, I mean, I like Billy Graham. We're, forget the person. Forget the the life that he had. You know, and all the things. But just as the wrestler, the influencer, the influencer, Billy Graham. Right. Tremendous impact on the business. Oh yeah, absolutely essential to what we have that, today. That's why, no matter what bad things he said about Vance and blah blah blah. They a ton never, of bullshit over never, the years. They can never take away like what he actually contributed. Like in yeah, all honesty, there's the, they can't get around it. Like you can't it's edit just, that out. Yeah, it's just like well, there's no Hulk Hogan without him. So it's like, and that's the biggest thing. That's all that matters. And possibly no Jesse Ventura either. Right. You know, and that's another guy that was integral to the business and getting people over in the eighties. So that's Billy Graham, folks. Let us know what you think of him. Let us know if we missed anything that he might have influenced or that influenced him. And let us know your thoughts in general. And hey, again, if you have something you want us to discuss, let us know. You do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, OVP Podcast at gmail.com or simply join the Facebook group. But Michael, when we come back, it's the first flush. That's right. I'm excited about this one. We'll see. It is the royal flush. Who knows? The worst managers of all time. And we are going to be doing that right after this. You know when I lost the belt, it was like ripping my heart out of my 60-inch rib cage. And I'm going to get it back, because that's all there is in this world to live for. Listen to me. Look into my eyes and look at the sincerity of my eyes. That's all that there is in this world is the championship belt, the greatest wrestler on the face of the earth. Therefore, I will rip, claw, chew, bite, and stomp my way victory and lay this man flat on his back in a no disqualification to see a stretch a match and take my belt. People can smell my barbecue a mile away because it's real barbecue. KC Masterpiece. Garlic, molasses, onions, spices. Mm. You can come to a million of my barbecues, you'll never see me messing with no dressed up ketchup. <laughs> no way. I need the real stuff. KC Masterpiece. Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast.
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We're here for episode number 162. It is Monday, January the 27th, 2020. Thank you guys for being with us. Hey, Michael. Hi. Hi, Mike. Uh, did you know we have a Patreon? You knew that. Do we have that? Yeah. <laughs> we uh-huh. do. Okay. That's good. Yeah, no, we have it, folks, and it's for you. It's for you guys. It's for the fans. It's for the kids. It's, it's all the best rewards for our fans. It really is. We want to give back to you guys for supporting the show, uh, for being a fan. So if you want to do that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All of our stuff, the most you have to pay is five bucks it's for all most. of it. It's you get everything for five dollars. Yep. So here's what we have on there. It's three tiers. There's a two dollar tier, which includes the following and includes the raw video the making of every single weekly episode including this one right now yeah i mean you could see what shirts we're wearing <laughs> um what headphones we have on what we're drinking what everything. microphones we're speaking into I'm, great I'm, I'm looking at the screen just thinking of things that are on the screen you see, <laughs> you see doc's the, face doc's chin you see the ica pro in the back yep and that's only two dollars a month you get every single one of those but you also get a back archive of about a dozen or so Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras that we did. That's the best and worst of things in wrestling, but it's the really wacky ones. And about 34, I think it is, Michael, of the OVP commentaries. I think it's even 35, possibly. Maybe even 35, look at that. And those commentaries, basically we take it one match and we watch it and we give a commentary on it and you can sync it up with the WWE Network or not. You know, that's yeah, up to you. Whatever you want to do with it. Whatever really. you want to do. Two bucks a month, that's it. You get all of that. Now, if you add a dollar to that, you're going to get everything we just mentioned, but you're also going to get those bi-weekly 1983 reviews that we were just talking about, you know, where yeah. we get to see guys like Karate Billy Graham. And Rocky Johnson. And Rocky Johnson, exactly. Samoans and Chief Samoans, yeah. And all them. All the, all the people you like and Tony Gurria and yep. Danny Davis's hair. Right. That's for only $3 a month. It's bi-weekly. Quinn and I watch it along on video, the 1983 Championship Wrestlings, but there's also an audio version if you prefer that. And then max it out at 5 bucks. You get everything we just said, plus every single month a new pay-per-view review drops right into your RSS feed. They like magic yeah uh we give you the custom rss feed yes. in case you're wondering if you're going into this like how does this work or yeah, whatever how do I like, play this yeah you, you you get this and you can your apple podcast you hit the plus button you put the address in and boom, boom. You, you get it every month all the audio yep. any audio that comes from the patreon yep for any tier right into your own custom feed there and that is the pay-per-view reviews that we're talking about right so i told you we started with wrestlemania one we've done every single one we've even included the big event we've included wrestlefest 88 all of that in that classic OVP style that you love. And these are like two and a half hours, sometimes upwards of three or more. Depending on the show. Depending yeah. on the show. We go through it in detail. We give star ratings, which is very rare for us to do. But we give star rare. ratings. That's right. If you want to chart those like Joe Merkel is. By the way, shout out to Merkel for a couple of things. He has uh, thankfully compiled the uh, Royal Rankings and Royal Flush data mm-hmm. for us this season. Thank you, Joe. And Thank also, you very much. in the works right now, the OVP episode guide the episode by Mr. Guide. Merkel. I don't know much about this, but I'm actually excited to see what he's coming up with here because this is completely this is like a fanzine kind yeah. of situation like, <laughs> right, right. Like, I have no idea Me what's neither. going on I'm not, and I'm not listen we're not going to edit it it's nope. like let's just let the fans handle yep. this so. <laughs> so folks uh again if you want to get some more OVP content maybe the pay-per-view reviews intrigue you or the 83 or any of it patreon.com slash OVP podcast it'll help us out and we would appreciate it but if not listen we're just thankful that you're even listening to this show right now now Michael Yes. 
Royal Flush. It's flush time. It's now th- stinky. This is stinky. This is the worst, folks, of managers in wrestling. Now, what what is the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush? I'll explain it. Maybe we have some first-timers here. It's mm-hmm. always possible. Before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to vote. Give us your 10 best and 10 worst of something. And for this season, it was managers. And Joe Merkel compiled all the right, votes and everything. Exactly. And what we do is we take the final 10 of each, right? And we pull them out two at a time. And we alternate weeks, right? So we kicked off the season with the best. Mm-hmm. We pulled two names out, rank them. This week, we start with the worst. And we do this every single week until at the end of the season, we have the OVP certified, organic, notarized, non-GMO, healthy, best and worst managers this, of all time. Is this USDA organic? Because We're working on it. I just it, got women. some milk that says that on it. And, <laughs> milk? Um, yeah. Whole milk? Yeah, whole milk. Yeah, it, you seem very, like it. Yeah, <laughs> very, very exciting. Um, if we have that on our, we you, should get the sticker and I'll, yeah. I'll copy it and put it on the episode. You don't seem like a two percent kind of guy. <laughs> no, or what is the point of one percent? Like, why is there a one in between the two? Like, is that Who really, is that really per- necessary? If you use one percent milk, let us know. Write your uh, cards and letters to Ogden, in Utah. I wonder if there's a one point five percent somewhere. <laughs> 1.63%. Or the 0.5%. like four <laughs> tiers of delicious. 3.14%. Yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, here on OVP, our retro wrestling math podcast. Milk podcast. <laughs> why, don't we, uh, why don't we get down to Howard Finkel now for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal I promise you one thing. The Razor's Edge will have no effect on Adam Bomb. And I am the procurator of destruction. Throw your hands in the air. I ain't no king and queen no more. Just give me one minute alone with that genius. I'm gonna thrash him. John. It's the Royal Flush. That was a good one. Thank you. The worst managers of all time is voted by you, the fans. Reminder for anyone new or just a refresher, Quinn and I don't vote. We just rank. Right. So We just rank them. So if someone made the list that you don't agree with, we can't help that. Qu'est-ce que c'est? So anyway, <laughs> Quinn, we talked last week about what makes a good manager, which is, you know, being a good talker, getting your guy over, mm-hmm. getting people, especially in the case of a heel manager, usually, to want to see this guy get his ass kicked, bring, put butts in the seats, right? Yeah, and definitely put those butts in there. Butts. Butts. Uh, bonus points are usually awarded by us. You know, if you get physically involved, that's always good. You get yeah. the, the weaselly manager getting his ass kicked. That's true. Yeah, you gotta do something. Right. <laughs> there also has to be, like, a sort of like you have to also portray yourselves as maybe you do something behind the scenes, right? You're you're uh, working you're, out contracts, or you're you're helping them do push ups or whatever. <laughs> right. you're, you're helping them work out, training them, things like that, getting them ready for their matches and stuff like that. So obviously, in this criterion here, we're going to be looking for people that don't check those boxes. No. This is the worst managers, where they barely do anything yeah. at all. <laughs> exactly. So I'm fired up, Quinn. Why don't we? The time for talking is done now. Early turkey. Well, no, not um, even time a, for turkey. I'm not dignifying turkey for a flush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, folks, why don't we all now find out who drew number one? Continental champion. Get it right, Mooney. 
Oh, that whistle. The coach. Oh, there he is. Oh, Coach John Tolos. The consummate manager. Now, he got <laughs> he got a lot of votes. I don't... I mean, people this, really hate this guy. Listen, I don't like him either. Um, <laughs> no, he stinks. However, here's the thing. I'm yeah, just, I, I just want to say it outright. Yeah. Manage like one match. Yeah. <laughs> He really didn't manage much. Now, now John Tolos, folks, if you're not familiar with him, he was actually a wrestler mainly in the 50s and the 60s, things like that. I've seen him on some things, unfortunately. He was in the 80s. Yeah, even into the 80s. He was a heel. Yeah. He held a lot of titles in a lot of different NWA promotions, but he was also, believe it or not, he was a WWF. United States Tag Team Champion. What a belt. With Chris Tolos. The (laughs) most popular belt that ever existed. Is Chris Chris Tolos the uh, Rick Burns of this team? That'd be amazing. (laughs) He does like a New York documentary. So and just like San Francisco, like not even yeah, you know, not even like Des Moines, the, not even Chicago or L.A. <laughs> yeah. like, but John told us, folks, uh, to most fans, obviously, and I think the reason he got a lot of votes, he came in in the summer of 1991, and I think the reason this was such a downgrade here, and the reason people do not fondly remember him, is because out of nowhere in June of 1991 on the funeral parlor, Mister Perfect introduces his former manager now, Bobby Heenan. Right. This is the big bombshell. Bobby Heenan no longer managing Mr. Perfect. And that was such a good pairing for over a year. Right. Everyone liked it. They were like, this, we're used to this, right? Right. I do feel that for certain people, this is what made Mr. Perfect such a great Intercontinental Champion, even though he didn't, never did anything. <laughs> but like the the thing, people just were upset about this, right? And they... They were going to take it out on whoever replaced him. It didn't matter who it was. Right. And it was sad when Bobby stopped managing. One of the best managers, probably. And I'm sure he'll make the ranking list when we get there. But he introduces out of nowhere. Uh, this guy not seen in the this promotion in, what, 30 years practically, yeah. right? Ever since his grand United States <laughs> title reign. Chris Tolos. Yeah. United guy- States tag title, not even yeah. the other U.S. title. <laughs> a guy in like a sweatsuit and a ball cap with a whistle. The mm-hmm. coach. And everyone's like, why is... Who's this? I think everyone was like, who? <laughs> yeah, like, literally, who? Yeah. That. And now I give you the man that will be by my side. Coach. Coach. coach who is who? Coach? And Coach is now Mr. Perfect's manager. But here's the thing about Mr. Perfect during the summer of 1991. He had screwed up his back, Kurt right. Hennig did, and he barely wrestled between June and August of 1991 mm-hmm. because of this injury. He was really just about done, but came back for SummerSlam to put Bret Hart over. Right, to drop the title, basically. You know, Kurt really put me over. You know, I thought I could have a good match with him, even yeah. though he was injured. That whole so, thing. Yeah, so maybe maybe we can attribute the uh, the training to get his back in shape for this match. To co- He's a oh, coach. Oh, he coached him. He coached right? him, right? Now, a lot of people may forget this, and I really don't blame you. But Coach was also responsible for bringing in the Beverly Brothers. Yes. No one, because the genius instantly is like, I am the genius, and now I manage them. Yeah, uh, right, yeah. Not only the Coach, but the Beverly Brothers. Bo and Blake. Coach's last appearance, believe it or not, was SummerSlam 91. Right. So, so like, he wasn't wait, there was after that. Was he even managing, where was he managing the Beverly's on? Like, house shoes? Well, they debuted, I want to say, off the top of my head, in June or July of 91. Hmm. So, on TV, for their first few appearances or whatever, he was like with a them. a taping session. Maybe a couple of tapings, and that was it. You know, yeah. never on pay-per-view. What a manager. What a manager. Now, okay, 
look. So didn't, but wait, Joe, oh, go ahead. am yeah. I wrong? I got a question here. Yes. Didn't he manage in like UWF or something? Oh, I'm sure he managed elsewhere. Yeah. Not as a coach. Yeah. But. It's just John Tolos. It's just John Tolos. By and, him. And what I've heard of him as a talker, he's okay. Yeah. He's not bad. I don't, I, the thing is, I, it's not, I'm a big, I'm not a big fan so it's not like I went and sought out John Tolo's things <laughs> right. ever. Like, why would I ever care to look at this? Listen, Gino Cuddy cares. Yeah. And he's going to tell you all about it on I mean, a Facebook if post. if it's UWF, it, you know, the, I know. the Herb kind, not the other, whatever the other one is. I think, uh, Bill Watts kind. I think the reason that he made the list, though, is this WWF run. Right. Plain and simple. Because he's, other than that, he's kind of nondescript, you know, a bit of a heel manager elsewhere. But WWF, the biggest strike against him is either that he's not Bobby Heenan, yeah, or that he has a fucking whistle, or that he literally does nothing in that match. He takes one bump, doesn't? Doesn't Brett punch him off the apron? I think. I think he does. But all of this is see. This is what I don't understand about why people are so mad. Even if the big match that that Coach Tolos was involved in, right? <laughs> yes, Coach is this technical <laughs> masterpiece or whatever, right? Well, I. I just mean that people remember it it's that It's a way. very good match I, yeah. between Perfect and Brett. Yeah. Big I, moment. I don't think it's as great. It's good. It's, I'm not they've saying had it's bad. It's, they've had, they've better. had better. And, and don't forget that, the biggest part of the whole thing, Quinn, is Stu Hart with Alfred Hayes. Right. That's the that's actually the real uh, best part of the match. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's the kind of match that Bobby was there for. Right. He wouldn't have even done much anyway. No, that's the thing. You know, Bobby was... Had 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 a neck injury for eight years. He it's broke his even, neck in eighty three. Yeah, but it's not even the injuries. What I'm saying is like Bobby in matches like that usually would stand. He lay back a little bit. He lay back if he knew the guys could go in the ring. He wouldn't do anything. He wasn't needed to do anything in that match specifically. It wasn't right? Necessary. No, because yeah. that match stood alone on its own. Without if Perfect had no manager, it would have been the same yeah. thing. Other than maybe like a kick, like at, <laughs> right. like some point where right. like that does nothing. Like, you know what I mean? And Bobby served his purpose anyway because he was on commentary for it, and he still acted like he had a vested interest in it, even right. though he didn't. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think Bobby got it over from the commentary table. Coach was particularly aggravating, though, during that match because remember when Perfect would have a sleeper on? He'd be blowing the whistle and, like, making yeah. the sleeper motion. He's got to show him how to... He's like, you're doing it wrong. It's well, like, that's whistle, true. Whistle, whistle. <laughs> like, it's like, tighten it up a little bit there. Whistle, whistle. Now, do you think he was, like, a PE coach? Because he dressed okay, like one. Okay, so that's I, that's the other thing that I think annoyed people about him is he definitely looked like he looked like a loser, <laughs> like Mister Tolos, the the, PE the gym teacher, teacher. yeah, yeah <laughs> like exactly. On the downturn of his he had, career, like, hat on and everything. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't like he wasn't like Mick from Rocky. Well, because the wrong hat. Because Mick had the like, yeah, he had the hat, the, the winter hat, the winter hat. Yes, <laughs> the Nick cap. Yes, <laughs> the Harry from Home Alone hat. Exactly, and and, and Mick wore like you know like a windbreaker and like. Well, it's windy dicky out. Dicky pants, like dicky pants. Instead, and and Tolos wore like a sweatsuit or something. <laughs> he looks like, so stupid. I don't know. Like, a, <laughs> Grandpa's he, on vacation. Such, such a garbage manager. Like I, I, I don't even know. Like what this? What did they, did they think they were like going to give him a bunch of people to manage? Like all these like heels. Like I guess that's what the Beverly Brothers were. Would he have called it his team? Coach's yeah. oh, team. God. Can you imagine if that really happened? Did he He's even got like, ever music. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to dub it in if he did or you dump know, it in, but... You know what's really funny? You just said Busek or whatever. That was my, yeah. like, guess 
remember when we were you were asking me before the show, Joe? It was like, who do you think he also managed? Yeah, I yeah. said Big Bully Busick. It or made so. sense, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like that kind of tier, like the berserker. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just people that are like that what? never win when it matters, yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, like honestly, like the Beverly. Yeah, like, when did they want things that mattered? You know, yeah, Beat exactly. The Bushwhackers once on pay per view, big deal. You know, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, Coach. There's not a lot there, so it's yes, it's bad, but we're gonna have to see where he ranks because I just find it. I, I want to note this is that I find it really funny that because of one match that he was there ever for the most part. I mean, yeah, one uh, notable the, match, one notable match. It's like he, no, he's the worst manager <laughs> ever. Worst. He never even did anything. He got like, a lot of votes. People like hated him. They're so like, mad it's that he bizarre. was there. I guess it's because he's not Bobby Heenan and but he's that, really that, lame. For that one time, though. I know. It's like, geez, you would think like they'd get over it or something. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying. I don't even know if we have much else to say. What can you say? Whistle, whistle. Whistle, whistle, maybe UWF a couple <laughs> times, but not a coach. No, not a coach. Just John Tolos. Yeah, it was before his coaching career yeah. started. It would have been different if he would have dressed differently. I think that really <laughs> like points at that. I, yes. I don't know. He looks like a coach. No, he like, doesn't. He looks yeah. like me when I was eight. <laughs> He's nah. dressed like me. He's coach-like. Did you wear sweatsuits when you were eight? Yeah, but also... Yeah. Co- yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also, you know, sports... People who coached people wore sweatsuits too. What do you see? Fucking Pat Riley in a sweatsuit on no, the you're court. Not, he's a he's different. The head coach. Like in basketball, you have to wear the suit. While in football, they wear other things. Yeah, but they the also floppy windbreaker. Yeah, they wear windbreaker <laughs> and a headset. They, they, they wear the modern day equivalent to a sweatsuit. Baseball coaches are in uniform. Yeah, well, they have to. So, what coach dresses in a fucking champion who, sweatsuit? Who was the um? The baseball manager, the one that only he wore a suit, but from like the twenties, and like he's the only Connie Mack. Connie Mack, he's like yeah. the only one ever grandfathered in. Why did that not become the thing? Like <laughs> it's in every other sport, you wear like a suit, <laughs> but like but not baseball. Buck Showalter's trotting out there in a, like a dumpy uniform. And all that like it's stuff. like why? Like I don't like the idea of like old men in the baseball uniform because they just look bad. Who was the guy that replaced uh, Leo DeRocher? I think it was as a, as a Dodgers manager. The guy that replaced I mean, Leo. I'm not from the West Coast, so I'm not going to know. They were in Brooklyn at the time. Oh, those Dodgers. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the other Dodgers. Oh, those Dodgers! Anyway, there was the manager that replaced him as the Dodgers man during the time of Jackie Robinson. The name you're looking for is Bert Shotton. Bert Shithead. And he was like, I'm not wearing the uniform. I'm going to wear my street clothes with like a jacket over it. And he was the <laughs> last guy to not wear a uniform. What? It was after Connie Mack. But Connie Mack, yeah, you're right. He managed until like the 50s, but he was just didn't care. He always I wore mean, the he, suit. Didn't he have like also the 1920s hat on yes. in the 60s? <laughs> yes, he did. He the didn't 50s. Care. It's, like, <laughs> it's awesome. Because I mean, the, the straw hat was popular when he started. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's a straw hat that stirs what, a drink. What is that, though? Like, what why? I just. In baseball, it does feel a little antiquated that the manager would wear the wear well, the uniform of the team. Solidarity, you know. Maybe I'm but, not above you guys. But I'm, he I'm is part above of them. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like he can. It, they have to follow his orders. The he's, general he's manager, the captain, you know. The general manager should have to wear the uniform. See what yeah. Brian Cashman thinks of that, having to wear the fucking pinstripes. How about yeah. that? He looked like a stupid idiot. A dumbass. Anyway, yeah. that's Coach John Tolos. Uh, nothing more to say. We'll see where he ranks. Yeah. <laughs> Want to go to number two now, Quinn? Sure. Speaking of number two. It's going to be a tough one, Vince. You know, two tough boys, you know. Bob is the champion, the greatest one of these, you know. And his Duncan is real good, too. 
the golden boy. <laughs> He's so he, golden. He does Quinn. so much, Joe. He's such, a, no, such you, an active manager. You have such a problem with him because as folks, Arnold Scullin, uh, as we're watching these... 82 and 83. He's and never even there. He's bad. <laughs> Sometimes he is. Occasionally. In MSG, he's, he's there. He's sitting in a fucking chair. So Arnie is another one who was a wrestler during, you know, World War II, practically. Yeah, the 50s <laughs> also. Korean War, all the way up to Nam, yeah. and maybe uh, towards the end of Vietnam. Not, not even past Nam. I think he retired on like 78 or something yeah. from wrestling. Well, really? Yes. That like late? Occasionally. That late. I know, but all those old guys, Chief and all of them wrestled forever. Like, Chief rules. Don't, I don't know don't, about that. I wish Chief was a manager. Just these saggy bodied men just going at it when they're 57 I, I years love, old. Don't get on the Chief's case. Anyway, Arnold Skoland, uh, in addition to being Andre's handler mm-hmm. in real life. <laughs> made sure he didn't like, you know, break down buildings or whatever right, toss over cars yeah kill people right i don't like him his, his pacifier he would calm him down <laughs> basically and they play a uh, canasta or cribbage or whatever what yeah, cribbage we've been let's corrected. go play hearts andre or whatever <laughs> solitaire now we've been corrected it's cribbage that they play oh cribbage. not canasta i said hearts though it's not hearts why is it not hearts? no one plays hearts what do you mean what is hearts i don't know <laughs> it's something old men play yeah i guess so anyway arnold scullin was uh, bruno san martino's useless manager right and then he would go on to become bobby backland's useless manager i think we saw arnold scullin wrestle i think i've only ever seen him wrestle once on like in the 60s right on that heavyweight wrestling we reviewed from 66 yes yeah i mean geez that's like forever that's a long time but he was bruno's manager but see here's the thing right this is the first face manager that we've mm-hmm. really had to talk about and i have generally found face managers to be more on the useless side for the most part it's because it's like you're a face manager you really can't like do can't anything break, nefarious right. like can't break the rules other than like i don't know like you can be like i'm actually coaching them like no pun intended but like that's like yeah. what they usually that's generally have the face managers like they're in the gym with them or something right they're they're talking strategy yeah serving them coffee what the hell was that accent coffee getting right. them ready you know getting them ready for the matches and some negotiating things you know making deals but not aggressively because they're faces right they're laid-back gentlemen and arnie obviously was an elderly gentleman and, <laughs> and he was uh bruno and backland's manager now with most good managers you can remember charismatic promos mm-hmm. maybe interfering in a match at mm-hmm. a good time right these heel managers especially and uh just doing things even coach what do you mean coach didn't even do coach coach didn't do whistle shit. whistle that's it better than nothing what okay. did arnie do what did arnie ever do well he sat in a chair and and that's it <laughs> and he looked at the wrestling he, he, he might as well just been a fan like honestly like okay this really this this thing with the chair bugs me so much i've never seen anyone that performed in wrestling so fucking lazy that arnold scullin like how what is the point of you if you're just gonna get in a chair and sit there he's observing there's even matches where like backland's doing shit on the outside and he doesn't even get up out of his fucking chair to even move like he just sits next to gorilla or whoever's on commentary like you know what i mean he just doesn't fucking do anything. Now, what, what should he have done? At least stand. <laughs> You're out there for a half an hour tops. Not like, even usually, right? Not even. Not even. Like, what, 18 you, minutes? It's not that demanding. You can go sit and play 
cribbage with Andre later. I I I just I find him very annoying because he does nothing. It's <laughs> addition by nothing. subtraction. They point the camera at him once <laughs> per match, and then Gorilla will be like, "Oh, the manager of Bob Backlund. There is, he is." Is that your early eighties girl yeah, voice? Early very 80s. good. I appreciate or Vince McMahon. Oh, the manager of Bob Backlund. There he is. Yep, the manager of Bob Backlund. And then they just never point to him ever again. He does. He doesn't take his shoe off and hit somebody with it. Well, or, that who who throws a shoe? Honestly, I'm, just, I'm thinking of anything he could use for a weapon, and usually a has, shoe. he has a shiny hard shoe on. You think it's hard? Yeah, because it's like a it's an old school shoe. What you does know? that mean? It's not that like a cobbler would make or something. No, no, no. It's not like the new ones where they're a little softer, but they they're dressy, like a Bostonian or something. They didn't have those back then. They didn't have Bostonians yeah, or Clarks back yeah, then. Yeah, no. exactly. Which That's one? I mean. Which one's gone now? Bostonian or Clark? I don't know. One of them got absorbed into the other. But they're all the same. It's anyway. all the it's same probably shoe. Clark absorbed Bostonian. Probably. Because yeah. Clarks is kind of like they're pretty Bigger. reputable. Yeah, they're pretty reputable. I have, I have Bostonians. Nice shoe. I have both, and I like yeah. I like Clarks as yeah. well. The Clarks thing. The thing with Clarks that's nice is if they like go bad, you can get them replaced. Like they'll actually give you like a new one. They'll give you a new shoe year like a decade after the fact i gotta remember that yeah i think i have a pair they have like the most like ridiculous warranty out of all of them they're they're basically like you can get them for life see i would have thought arnie wore penny loafers or something like that you know i don't think he was wearing nothing fa- oh, well, no he wears shiny shoes shiny shoes was, those are the hard kind when do you ever see his feet what are you mel phillips well, it's it's like there's not much to look at when Arnie yeah, comes out. So greasy pompadour. No. You, you look from head to toe, and that's the most you look at him. He was stylish. If wearing a suit that an old man wore yeah. is stylish, like an old man in the wedding kind of kind of dance the same style Miller. sense as Buddy Rogers. That's not, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, welcome to Rogers Corner. I'm the Booker. You know what's weird about Buddy Rogers? Is a lot that of he's supposed to be flamboyant, but as like an old man, he kind of just wore what every other old man wore. The like, leisure pants. Like yeah, dressed like, like Morty Seinfeld. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing like special. Like, he just dresses what Arnie wears. Like, <laughs> like the one in the same. Now, the reason why we're talking about these things, folks, is because there's nothing to say about Arnold School and the manager. I don't know. I'm going to have to dig and I'm going to have to look and see if he had promos and all that or we're going to get a bunch of angry letters. But the most I ever see is like we, we've we been really training hard, me and Bob Backlund. <laughs> I, that's literally every time I see him talk. He's just like, we've been really hitting the gym or I've been scouting people. And then there's never a person like it's like he stays with the same yeah. guy for like seven years he or whatever. Didn't have anyone after Backlund. Yeah, we have our strategy planned out and that's. I can't tell you what we plan to do, but uh, we're all set for him. You know what? He got involved a little bit when Backlund would f- do some of his freakouts, you know, in the early 80s, when Billy Graham destroyed his belt and a few other things. Uh, Arnie would try to get in there. He would actually stand up out of the chair, Quinn, be- maintain a vertical base. And, That's uh, amazing. I know. What, what a, what a great what an manager, accomplishment, yeah. I know. What a great manager. And he would try to calm uh, old Bobby down there, and Bobby wouldn't calm down a lot with Arnie. So, you know, well, so it wasn't what did even he good actually do? Nothing. It yeah. sucks. That's Arnold Scoland, I guess. Do we have anything else on him? I don't know. What, you, what else do you say about him? I mean, he was successful if we're talking kayfabe. Okay, true. He managed the, Thank you. The world champions. Two of them, yeah. Yeah, and that's like a monopoly on the freaking world title in the right. 70s and Arnold the 80s. Arnold Scoland had a monopoly on the WF belt. He probably played Monopoly. Yeah. He, he probably was friends with Uncle Pennybacks in I, the 20s. I have hotel on Park Place. Didn't they base Uncle Pennybacks off like a real person? I don't know. Did they? I thought he was some some casino, not casino. Um, some like hotel owner in Atlantic City, hmm, right? Some impresario somewhere. Yeah. Well, they were Parker brothers. Maybe it was the Parker uncle. That's eh? true. Eh? 
you know Monopoly, right? It's supposed to be those are all Atlantic City properties, but like in the twenties, not the yeah, when not, the, not the casino kind. No, when the game was invented right. in the twenties, I think. Yeah, Ventnor, all those are all real streets and mm-hmm. stuff like that that were in Atlantic City. The beautiful Atlantic City. Gorgeous. It was then. Sort of. It, no, it didn't get bad until the sixties. That's when like everything got bad. Yeah. <laughs> even if you watch um, Boardwalk Empire, like that's supposed yes, to be the, the good twenty the Steve good, Buscemi. It's not that amazing. Like, but it was a resort town. Yeah, you know what I mean? Resort town. You ever been there? It's um it's, it's something. It's yeah, something. It's anyway. Gross. Arnold Skoland, manager of champions, he has that. We can give him that. Do you from th- Atlantic City. No, I'm no just he's, I think it was from White Plains. Do you think he's fondly remembered? I mean, he obviously made the so list. That's, that's so. the thing. Is I think yes to certain people, he he managed their world champion, right? So either Bruno or Bobby. That's the Backlund. one thing you can say about him is that he was know, a presence. He, he was a presence. He had the world champion. He showed up every month. He didn't. <laughs> he wasn't there most of the time, day right. to day. Didn't need to be though. To be fair yeah. to either champion, do you think a lot of the reverence is just? Because it's been just pounded into the culture by Vince and the WWF over the last 30 years. The legendary you know? manager, right. Arnold Skolin, right. who like, stood around a lot. If you're a fan watching from like 85 onward, and they never say that, you have no idea who Arnold Skolin is. Yeah. I only know who he is as a kid, you know, because of them. Think he, he threw he, in the towel. He true. threw in the so, towel. So he is connected to the 94 angle. Yeah, remember he's involved in that. Yeah. Backlund gets all mad at them. Right. In 94. How dare you. But that he was involved. He was watching out for his man. That's literally the most he did in the post Hulkamania, Hulkamania, whatever era. Throw a towel. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just re- remembered that he threw a towel that time. Yeah, I guess he was just concerned. He didn't want Bobby Backlund to get injured there. So well, he, he not like he had much of a career left anyway. So that's <laughs> true. Um, is it ranking time? I, yeah. I wager to say it's ranking time yeah. here, Mike. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have trouble with this one, actually, because both of them are barely did anything. So, yeah, but Arnold did it for a lot longer. But does that make him better or worse? <laughs> Two world champions. I don't know. We'll see. One of them's a heel. Right. So you're not supposed to like him. So we have to make sure we factor that. Coach like, Tolos. Like, yeah, Coach Tolos. The whistle's annoying, but they know it's annoying. Right. It's not supposed to be endearing, so but, you're supposed to get mad at the whistle. But people hate this a lot, right, Joe? And here's the thing, is it was like once. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, but it stuck but, out. Other than uh, maybe a couple of, a handful of tapings. Yeah, a handful of tapings. That, but nobody, that nobody remembers. <laughs> like, in, in reality, do you remember the July something episode of Super... Does anybody no. remember that? Mm, like, Richard Land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my, that's the one with the, the common that, person doesn't even remember that. No, that's yeah. true. But it stuck out for a reason. I think. I think, Coach. Well, ugh, look, accomplishment wise, it's Scotland. He's better. Well, there's that's no not way true, around Coach, it. Yeah. Oh, sweetie, man, it's not true. Because Coach, uh, he had the Intercontinental Champion. He inherited that from Bobby. Well, I'm just saying. Right that, in his coattails. That's a, that's a great way. To, that's a great way to start. You can't Stop say, it. Say, can't say Arnold started with he the had title. Two world champions. Didn't he also inherit a champion, though, because Bruno was the champion when Arnold Skull started managing him? <laughs> he pulled a Lou Albano and yeah. just started managing him after they won the title, yeah. like he did with the Bulldogs. Just like Coach. They're, they're <laughs> like that. They're both yeah, like, like that. Uh, just no, saying. Coach is worse, Quinn, because he didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, right? Or no? Yeah, or no. does that make him not worse because there's nothing really to say? Like, I don't know, like, where you go with that. It's very confusing. I don't think Arnold Skoland is good. <laughs> No, he's not good. <laughs> okay. But Coach also is like, 
how could you be that bad if you literally like did it once? Yeah, and Coach was supposed to make people hate him. Yeah. Like he's not supposed well, to be liked. Everyone hates him, that's for sure. Right. But do you think it mattered whether he was there or not? People still wanted to see Brett beat perfect. Coach did not make that any more of a thing. Bobby wasn't going to make that a thing in that match either, though. Yeah, but fair. he would have done a better job than Coach did. Sort of. Yeah, you don't really need to. That match kind of stands on yeah. its own merit, right? I don't think there really was anything that anybody needed to do for that match. Brett and Perfect probably sold it well enough, you know, with Brett. In a way, you got to feel bad for Tolos because if you think about it, he's like trying to make a good first impression, right? And they give him this match where they don't even really need a manager. Yeah, and they like, give him this whistle. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> right. okay, blow the whistle a lot, wear the sweatsuit and hat. And, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but Arnold isn't offensive as a manager or anything. He's he doesn't just- even do anything. So who's worse? Is that really your ground that you're going to stand on? I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I have to say this. I mean, Arnold Skolan barely ever does anything other than throwing a towel. Maybe the throwing in the towel was like so notable that like that propels him to better. But you think, he, I mean, he got a lot of votes, obviously. So people must agree with you that he's not good. Right. Right. Because he yeah. didn't do anything. <sighs> Managers should be generally just cutting promos and being entertaining and but that wasn't it, what he was who, there for, though. It, are you worse if you did less, or are you worse if you did a lot, but it stunk? Which, what is worse? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, but both of these guys did neither. Yeah. <laughs> did nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm saying Arnie was there for a long time. Like, that's all I mean. It's like, it's not like it's like yeah. one match, like Tolis. I know. Yeah, but Tolis is a better talker. I think we got to give it to, to Arnie. He's worse. Really? You know? Hmm. I, I'm batting back and forth in my head still. I, I, I think there's a, a chance Tolos is worse just because the, ma- the magnitude of his shittiness in the one match. Like, people, like, the fact that that left such an impression on people is kind of startling. Yeah, it's I agree. Kind of, I agree. It's kind of like, um, who was the wrestler girl who, like, tried to pin somebody when they were on their stomach? The one that was in the Funkadactyls. I know who you mean. I know Ariana who you mean. or whatever her yeah, name was. Yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. It's like she didn't. <laughs> How is this, what are you talking about? Uh, what I was saying is she didn't wrestle much, but no. she wrestled so badly once that people like, wow, she's like one of the worst wrestlers ever. So who's worse here and why? I'm gonna say this that is... Tolos is technically worse. Okay, just because it's can... just like even though it was one thing, he he was shitty, and I think that people are gonna leapfrog him as worse pretty oh, yeah, easily no, no. because this it's like gotta be. it, we're just gonna get down to like, well, it was one thing, but I, I can't so. put Arnie in good conscience like make him worse than I, Coach Tolos. Okay, like, I agree because I think Arnie served his function, which was to be more of a laid back, right. not you know in your face manager. Exactly, he's not good by any means. He's not entertaining, but. He's also not supposed to be any of those things. Right. It's supposed to be more of like a real sport. Like he's his agent. He handles his affairs, his business. And he takes his bags in the airport or something. Yep. And uh, he sits in a chair. <laughs> sits in a chair and just watches. Um, okay. Do you think he sits in a chair when he when Bob Baglin's doing push-ups in the gym? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, he's always clipboard maybe, but he's right. still in clipboard. a chair. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that'll be it now for the first week of the Royal Flush. You can let us know what you think, folks. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com or join the group. But now we must congratulate the worst manager of all time right now, the coach at number one. I think that's going to make a lot of people. They want to they see him be the worst. <laughs> and number two, Arnold Skoland. Folks, that is the worst two managers right now in the history of wrestling, scientifically proven. It's right now. That's at right. This very moment. But Quim, when we come back, there's a lot of power 
And so much power. It's going to be in one hour, from what I understand. One it's hour, in an hour power. power. Yes, okay. it's the NWA Power Hour from January of 1990. And that is coming up right after this. wrestling fans it's joe here and while we're on a break i just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show check out the wrestling podcast about nothing that's wpan hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business i'm talking about mike crockett brian malonis and brian fury they're going to bring their unique perspective as fans but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast the wrestling podcast about nothing and then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing, Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Indeed, you have managed champion after champion, perhaps none ever as great as this man. I have never seen anybody in such physical shape as Bob. Believe and me, it, and I've seen many of them. I'm sure it pays off inside the ring, does it not? It sure does. And then he's going to break the record of 3,500. So he's over that now, and he's got about 15 seconds to go. 15 seconds to go, ladies and gentlemen, for Bob Backlund to break his own record in the Harvard step test. This man is indeed, no doubt, even in medical terms, absolutely extraordinary. Who cares? And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 162. Hello there, Michael. Hi. Hi. We're reviewing something. We still do this, folks. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah, we do it. We're not going to stop doing the reviewing. It's a favorite of mine, personally. I like to review Doing things. the review. I love doing it because it exposes us to things that uh, we have seen and some things that we haven't seen. It's very fun to go through just a slice of wrestling. That's this, what we like to do. This week, I think we have something that we don't usually watch. No, we don't. I think we've done literally one episode ever of this show, and it was Absolutely. a long time we ago. We did a power hour. Yeah, I think we I did one. Know we did that. So this is WCW, or NWA in this case still, Power Hour. Uh, this will be from January 2690. What a name. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? it? It's very easy. I mean, you know, incidentally, NWA show now. Power, you know? Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> you know? But I mean, this is like Crockett's. Like, this it, is not, you know, Turner, whatever. Yeah, it's I, technically I, so Turner. What, what the hell is this show? Okay, so NWA Power Hour, amidst the other, you know, deluge of uh, wrestling shows Especially that there were. Especially WCW. Yeah. They like a zillion they of them. Million. This one debuted in June of 1989. So it's only seven months old here. It's yeah. ra- rather new. Uh, and it aired on Friday nights for the first few years. What an 80s name. Power Hour. Power Hour. It's Super very 80s. cliched, but easy to say, yeah. easy to remember. The whole point of it was just to put some good matches on and to have some... It's just another match, but it wasn't syndicated. It was on TBS. It's kind of just like the main event. NWA main event. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's the same concept. You know, worldwide pro, all of those it shows. It reminds me a lot of growing up and like how WF, they had like one zillion shows that were like syndicated on, right. on the weekends. Superstars, Challenge, you had freaking Shotgun, Action and, Zone, yeah, you know, all these mania. Super Astros. Like, <laughs> no you, one watched that. But I'm saying it's like all this stuff was just littered on the weekend. Oh, like, yeah. there was just It was all Tons over the place. Tons of wrestling. Yeah, I, this is something I do miss about back in the day. Right. Like, even WCW, when it was WCW and WF, they both, like, 
had 700 fucking wrestling shows on it, like different weird random hours. Like some were at midnight, right. others were at like two in the afternoon, some oh, yeah. were on at 11. Like, and it was just all like Saturday and Sunday. There was just <laughs> way too many freaking wrestling <laughs> so shows much. on, like more than one in a day. Right. Like, that's what's always crazy. And You're right. Sometimes there'd be two from the same fucking promotion in a day. Yeah, on Saturdays and Sundays sometimes, yeah. yeah. That was just very weird. Very weird. Uh, but Power Hour here was on for about five years. It actually was on all the way until 1994. I don't know who was still watching it then, <laughs> but it was. And uh, this one that we're reviewing, folks, this comes during a, a period of time in WCW, January 2690. Yesterday was the 30-year anniversary of the show, believe oh, it or really? not. Yeah. How nice. And um, we don't watch a lot from 1990 WCW. No. It's not a... a expertise of ours but i'll tell you what out of the get-go here this was fun yeah it wasn't great but it gets better as the show goes on things get better yeah it seems like the big thing that's new and they don't really mention it but i i kind of thought about it right you know who's actually recently returned at this point iron anderson iron anderson had just recently returned which yeah means that's the correct. horseman can really kind of start yeah. being the horseman again yeah we're gonna see that uh we're gonna see a very good match in the main event which we'll get to we'll get to all that and uh, I don't really have much else to say. I had a lot of fun watching this. Just a nice little slice of early 90s WWE, or I'll say, WCW. I'll say this. The, well, it wasn't having fun at the beginning. But we'll get to the It gets fun later. It does get fun, yeah. folks. So this is the NWA Power Hour from January 26, 1990. Why is this so powerful? I don't get yeah, it. I was trying to figure that out. Where's Quinn? the power coming it's from? Maybe the wrestlers? That's such an 80s line. It's like, it really this is. It's really the power of WCW. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like, WF would say that to the power of the WWF. But yeah. What is, like, what is the power of it? We're going to have to find out. It's something that I mutter a lot to myself when I, when I, when I see, when I'm watching wrestling and they're like, the power. And I'm like, I'm like saying, like, yeah, this is the power of the WF. Like, That's what you say? Yeah, I kind of think about All it. All the time? Like, I, I, maybe it's just they put it in my head. Yeah, that's I'm what just it like, is. I'm just like, the pa- yeah, the power it's of the WF. very powerful. By the way, folks, you can find this on YouTube if you want. Just yeah. literally look for the title. NWA Power Hour. Yep. 126.90. It is on YouTube if you want to watch it. But we get a nice intro song. I didn't mind the music. It's under clips of various wrestlers of the time. It's very WCW-like NES music. Yeah, that game. I know. Yeah. Remember the WCW wrestling game? Oh, for I, NES? I didn't play that one because I didn't really play the WCW they're ones as much. Good. Other than when they got to N64. Then they're good. I didn't play the, the old, old WCW no, ones. No, no. But they're, they're not great. Did you like the intro, though? Or? Yeah, well, because I always, you know me, I'm a fan of how WCW and their like, video game music choices. Yes. Like, I, everything is like literally video game. I love it. Yeah. I love the music Down here. To, like Vader's music later is like the most <laughs> video gaming like thing to me. You're right. And Austin's music. And Austin's. Uh, we're joined by Jim Ross. Hi, folks. That yep. Jim Ross. Old you know, school himself. Yeah, the high voice version. And Jim Cornette, and they're in Johnson City, Tennessee. And Cornette immediately is like, where are you finding these places? He's he all mad. will not let up <laughs> on the like the location of yeah. this. And he's like, I'm glad Bucksnort, Tennessee doesn't have a civic center. We are in Johnson City, Tennessee. Well, where are you finding these places? First it was Peoria. Illinois. Then we went to Gainesville, Georgia. Now Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm glad Bucks North Tennessee doesn't have a civic center. We'd be there too. Cornet is funny here, yeah. but he's demanding they go to Kentucky, which is <laughs> kind of like, huh? Like he's like bragging that that's any better. Maybe it is. I don't know if there's like a rivalry down Aren't there. These places close to each other, yeah, neighboring states. Sure. Yeah. So like, what? What? <laughs> there can't. The difference can't be that dramatic, can it? Well, do you like Pennsylvania? No, but I, I mean, from the difference between New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like at least close to the border isn't like 
No, like, it's like the it, same it's thing. It's like almost the same thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, JR talks about how he went on Daniel Boone's Wilderness Walk, but he didn't get to see Davy Crockett's birthplace. This felt, I, I have to say this, this felt like, you know how like Vince at the beginning of like Super Sister is like, we're in uh, Omaha. We're in <laughs> Omaha, like home of textiles or whatever. And then like some dork from like the factory comes on. It's like, I'm very proud to have WF in my neighborhood or whatever. <laughs> like this is this, just the WCW version. It is, of it. yeah. And, like, JR, and they're clearly not, I mean, actually, I think they are there. Yeah. Uh, but Corny's funny here. He's like, why in the world would you want to see where David Crockett was born? It took you long enough to get him off the announcing staff around here. And I like the tie-in with yeah, Davy Crockett. I thought yep. that was funny. But I didn't get to go by Davy Crockett's birthplace. Why in the world would you want to see where David Crockett was born? It took you long enough to get him off the announcing staff around here. Cornette has a very stupid turquoise coat on as he just continues to bitch about this city that they're in. Uh, but anyway, it's time for our first match. It's Robbie Idol, who's a nobody. I looked him up. He's yeah. just no one. And he's in the ring already. And his opponent, Quinn, is the Samoan Savage, who comes out to Mike Myers' Halloween music. Yeah, not the comedian <laughs> Mike Myers. The one that was blackballed <laughs> yeah. from Hollywood or whatever. Not the love one. guru. Yeah, the love guru. Not was, Austin Powers. bullshit. And I... I <laughs> Uh, anytime I think of that, you get very upset about Mike it Myers' film career me huh? because he was good. He, he made was good. one bad movie. It's crap. He made a lot of good movies. Yeah, he, one bad movie and a, a string of really good movies. Wayne's World one. Yeah, Wayne's World two. So I married an axe murderer. Very underrated film. Yeah, so I married an axe Austin murderer. Powers. Yeah, all three of them, especially yeah. the first two. Yeah, he yeah, was a talented guy. Even three wasn't that bad. It's I okay. Mean, it's okay. Yeah, the first yeah. two were really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Samoan Savage is uh, Tama. By the way, folks, but yeah. like fatter Toma. version of Tama, yeah, Toma, yeah. Uh, and he's accompanied by the Big Kahuna. Yeah, <sighs> that's really what he's called. Which is Oliver Humperdinck, but just the, it looks horrible. He's horrible. <laughs> like, and this isn't like a heel thing. He's just stinky. Right? He's just there's nothing to fake Captain Lou, whatever yeah, he is. He like, really is here, though. Especially like he's got the big open shirt with the so belly hanging bad. out. Just yeah. blatant Albano ripoff. As we get an insert promo now from Doctor Death, who. It's kind of acting like Bruiser Brody or something. He's very Duggan like. Yeah, he's like spinning around. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> what is, what, why? Whoa! What is it? What is it? Is it a tornado? Is it the Tasmanian Devil? Or is it Dr. Death? Classic champions. Dr. Death is walking down the aisle against Samoyan Savage. Anyway. This is the early part of this show where I'm just like, it, it's, it's poor. It's not good. He gives a very yelly promo, Dr. Death does, and he says he's going to beat the Samoan Savage at Clash 10. Who even cares? I don't. It's Clash 10. 10. Like, it's like, <laughs> it is. Uh, so I got to say, this is like unbelievably shot and reminiscent of superstars. You're right. Oh, yeah. The insert promo, the way they're doing everything. They're they, talking about the location. Clearly taking cues from the WWF syndicated programming it's at this powerful, point. powerful, Joe. <laughs> it's the power of the WWF. They just took it. Right. <laughs> using it. They're, they took like the line from the electricity or whatever. Yeah. And they just hooked it to their house. Right into their stuff. house. Yeah. yeah. They're stealing power. Yeah. I have no idea who the ring announcer was, by the way. It's not either of the ones that we would know from WCW. <laughs> Referee has horrible hair. And then the commentator audio gets like all kinds of fucked up, Quinn, as we get a yeah. bell. Why is this so poor? Like, why is this? Well, it sounds like it's like it's like the arena, like, like audio, like in Puerto Rico. Yeah, it sounds like it's coming from like a big speaker in the background. One it's, speaker, though. Yeah, like in the arena. Yeah, like, it's just really weird. And they are there, though. By they the way. are there. It's you're not, right. There's no green screen. No, they're there. They're there. They, for some reason, they green screen at the beginning, but there's a shot where they're like literally actually there. They're actually there. You're yeah. right. Irish whip by the savage, leapfrog by idol into an arm ringer. 
Ring mat, by the way, I noticed way too dark. It's like dark blue. NXT dark. Maybe not even, like, worse. <laughs> Irish whip again by the Savage head down. He knows sells a kick, lands one of his own. Headbutt by the Savage, more kicking. Humperdink does his fucking Lou Albano managing the Samoans bit to the camera, like, yeah, just yeah. gibberish. All of a sudden, he speaks that language. And even Cornette wants him to shut up, and they're both heels. He stinks. I know. <laughs> like, Nobody <laughs> likes him. Like, he's just a bad man. Like, I hope he's nominated. I hope so, too, actually. Leg drop by Tama gets two. Idol gets tossed to the outside as Humperdinck waves his fat around near him. Back in, a sit-up powerbomb by Tama. The audio gets fucked up again. Tama doesn't go for the cover, of course. Continues to stomp away. Cornette now rambles himself into some scenario where Bigfoot will be facing Dr. Death. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) He's just trying to kill time, I think, because this is terrible. Lots of, you know, the heel stomp stalling where they just do nothing. Uh, Humperdinck continues to yell and not be Captain Lou. Cornette complains about it again. Irish whip again. Nice power slam by Tama for two because he picks him up. Can we end this? <laughs> this is horrible. That's really bad. The announcers plug Quinn, the NWA hotline, 1-900-909-9900. I love how it was even the, the same. <laughs> they never got a new number. Like, yeah. It's just like from the 80s. They used it until like the end yep. of WCW. <laughs> it was Mean Gene's they hotline, right? They just owned that 1-900-909-9900. <laughs> yep. yeah. They just passed it through. Mean Gene just like inherited it. Like, <laughs> it's seriously. true. It's I bet true. you if WCW was still going and they still had a hotline, this would still be the number. I wonder like, what that number is now. It's probably porn. It always is. They always buy up the numbers. You're right. And JR's all like, I want to be on the hotline tomorrow with Late Night. And Cornette's like, well, I don't think anybody cares about that. Which is... Nobody does care. Very yeah. true. Irish whip, shitty audio, back body, back body drop by Tama. Pump splash, headbutt by Tama gets the win. Mercifully, that's it. This yeah. was horrible. I like him and everything, Tama, but this was long. This is not the Tama we knew. He's no, not good here. He's not good here. Yeah. Uh, as we go to commercial, I continue to love the bumper music. It's music's great for this. Yeah. Then we get a really awkward hip hop based promo for the upcoming Wrestle War ninety. Now I'll say this: this is bad, but it's not actually the worst rap thing ever. Like it's not no. Wrestle Rock Rumble or whatever right. that was. Hey, homeboy, gather around. Some serious stuff is gonna go down on the Wrestle War diet. The kings of the ring. Oscar is the worst wrestling rap thing I've ever heard. Oscar? He doesn't, yeah, Oscar. Yeah, he's, he's worse bad. than PN News. So yeah, that's all he says. Yeah. M to the L to the B E L. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Write something new. Anyway, yeah. it's time for the Wrestling News Network. Yes, the CNN of wrestling. It's literally the CNN logo and they just put a W it's in real. front of it. I'm not kidding. No, it's real. Like, <laughs> uh, and we have hosting it, of course, is wrestling's most respected journalist. No, no, not Dave Meltzer. But, you know, um, you know, whatever. It's Gordon Suplay. Yeah, in his velvet blue coat. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I have a coat yeah, on. I am here. <laughs> I'm in the Wrestle News Zone or whatever. Welcome to the Wrestling News Network. Uh, he wants to talk about the upcoming Clash 10 on February the 6th in Corpus Christi, Texas. The main event will be a steel cage match between Buzz Sawyer, the Great Muda, and the Dragon Master taking on the Horsemen. Plus, we're going to see the Steiners versus Doom for the tag titles. Then, at Wrestle War, or <laughs> Wrestling War, as Gordon <laughs> says. Of course he does. <laughs> and then, of course, in Wrestling War 90. We're going to see the world champion Ric Flair defending against his fellow Horsemen. Yes. Sting. Remember that, this era? Yeah, nothing's going to go wrong here no! at all. Like, nothing at all. It's all planned. They got it. It's going to be a, just a friendly match. Yep. Whoever wins, wins. Yep, and the gold will still be with the horsemen, yeah. so they'll be fine, right? Uh, in other news, this is so weird. Yeah, this is bizarre. <laughs> the USWA and the CWA have merged, which means that Dallas and Memphis are going to be exchanging talent. Why are they talking about this? <laughs> like, I, So, is it? are we still firmly, like, maybe in the later part, we're still firmly... In the era where the where even though it's Turner, it's still like this is still part of the NWA. I guess, and they still have to like 
mention what's happening in the other territories. It would have been funny if they were like, and uh, in the World Wrestling Federation, uh, the yeah. Royal Rumble. But they're not in the NWA, so <laughs> no, I don't I know. count. I know. They're still, so I can forgive it because I guess that's kind of cool that they still like care what's going on in the other territories. Yeah, right, right. Like that they're still obligated to talk about it, but it's really funny. It's just weird, right? Yeah. In 1990. Yeah. It's just strange. I'm saying like, well, it is January. So, still. Yeah, I'm just 90s. saying. Uh, and on a personal note, Gordon wants to bring up how Haystacks Calhoun passed away just before Christmas. Wait, wasn't he in the Dungeon of Doom later or whatever? <sighs> That's giant Haystacks. Oh, it's not sorry. the same Haystacks. This confused me. Well, anyway, I... he died from diabetes. You know, we don't see much of him, Quinn, but Haystacks Calhoun actually kind of was a big star. Very beloved, nice guy in the 70s especially. Yeah, no, he was a big deal. He I was. Mean, like, it's... it's... It's I, sad I just that like he died. That Gordon was just nice about it. Yeah, yeah it's very good. In, in all seriousness. And now we get some plugs for the Bell Expo Center show, among other various Texas shows and shit like that. <laughs> oh, and the Oklahoma City State Fair, by <laughs> this the way. Is total shit compared to <laughs> WF. Like, it's literally like Raceway Park commercial or like a tractor pull. <laughs> it's like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> the terrible. wrestling's going to be at the tent center or whatever. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's like, it just makes it look so like minor league carny shit. Cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree agree uh we come back now where jim Cornette is very excitedly reading what he says is a hot love letter to the midnight express and jr is all like that's from the habit days nursing home yeah anyway they discuss how there's a new skyscraper now it's mean mark Callis. he replaced sid vicious because he went to play softball i sound <laughs> maybe we see clips now from Worldwide on the 20th where the skyscrapers in Doom were just beating the fuck out of the Road Warriors. With like 7,000 people in the ring. <laughs> yeah, what's like, going it's, on? Like, it's like ridiculous. There's like, there's a lot of people. It's true. There's people punching each other. It's yeah. like, oh my God. Like the whole time. <laughs> and then we get a hideous powerbomb by Spivey on Animal. Just awful. By the way, Terry Funk is the color commentator here. I couldn't tell who was with him, but I think it's a young Chris Cruz. We'll have to look into that. Big Mark Kellis up on that top rope off of that flying elbow. As we're trying to call this for you, but the action just doesn't stop. Also, Funk just yells Mr. Potato Head <laughs> He's so randomly. funny on <laughs> Mr. Potato Head! Yeah, it's like, why? I don't like, know. <laughs> anyway, it's, the Steiners finally hit the ring with like a school assembly plastic chair. <laughs> and it's time for our next match where everyone's already in the ring. We have Ranger Ross. And the, <laughs> Ranger Joe. Yeah. and the Italian Stallion, yes, yeah. him, taking on the Freebirds, and this is the Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin version of the Freebirds, right. folks. No uh, Terry Gordy here or anything which, like which that. Which confused the shit out yeah. of me, because I literally had to, like, look, I was like, wait, which one is this? Yeah. Like, even though I know which one it is, it's the one with Precious, but I was yes. like, what's his first name again <laughs> the whole time? Well, there's the other Garvin that runs the school of self-defense, that'd right. be Terry. <laughs> yes. There's Ronnie Garvin that does nothing, you know, makes faces. Yeah. yeah. He's making faces right now in the WWF against Valentine as we speak. So much Garvin. Now, the the ring intros have already happened here. A clean-shaven, very angry Nick Patrick is the referee. Cornette says that Ranger Ross has no business being in there with anyone. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't even know who this guy is. I've seen him before. I don't know who he is. Why is he a ranger? What is that about? Yeah, I don't get it. It's allowed to be. Hayes with a strut and a moonwalk to start here. Lock up and Ranger Ross with an arm drag and a booty shake of his own. Hayes gets all pissy about that. Circ up and a lock up and a side headlock by Ross, your favorite Ranger. (laughs) Mr. Ranger over here. (laughs) Push off by Hayes. Drop down. Hip toss is blocked and we're at a standstill. Get some nice gyrations now by Ross. Tag the Garvin lock up back in the corner as JR hypes up. 
the big Cobb County, Georgia show. <laughs> That's weird, <laughs> isn't it? Especially with like the boss man in simultaneous existence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Strange. Corner whip by Garvin is reverse. Ross with a drop kick now, and then a drop kick to each heel to send them bailing. By the way, Garvin is like ultra hair here. Like, yeah, he's not the fancy boy oh, version no, no, like, no. With, the, with the perfume and everything. No, he's like extra hairy, like yes. hair on his chest, hair on his <laughs> underarms, hair on his arms. Like, very fuzzy. It's like yeah, it's like neck he's hair. Like, He's like fucking animal steel over here. Like <laughs> it's like kind of gross out. And he's like all sweaty. Like was Michael Hayes also like he was like both of them were like sweaty before the match started. Yeah, what like, were they doing back I don't there? No. <laughs> what did they go jogging before this? Like I don't get it. They're like dripping. I don't think Hayes jogs. <laughs> Maybe back then they had to train yeah, somehow. Maybe. Uh, the Italian Stallion waddles in to celebrate with Ross here. Garvin back in now, and he wants the Stallion in there. Hayes calls a uh, Stallion sausage face as JR makes meathead and Archie Bunker references. I, I, just, I don't understand. Sausage in now, arm ringer, clean break. Hayes comes in and gets shoved on his ass by the Stallion before bailing out. Isn't this a jobber match? I don't get why no. there's so much offense by Very the jobbers. competitive league, the NWA, That's Quinn. True. Uh, I don't think they're jobbers. I think they're just not good. And he is called Ranger Ross. <laughs> Italian stuff. They have, sound like stars. They have names. They're they, not like Fred Bench and Jimmy Hayes or something. Yeah, Fred you, Bench! You know what I mean? Like, it's not just some, like, randos. Yeah, like, I know. It's like some guys Nick they pull Barbary. off the street. What was that guy recently on 83? He had just, like, a mustache and he looked like he was Big John Studd's friend. <laughs> oh, I forget the guy's like, name. It was like Jim. He couldn't bump for shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like Jim, Jim the Mechanic or something. Jim the Mechanic. Uh, Cornette ironically calls this uh, city a redneck place. Yeah, which is weird coming from Cornette. Yes, it is, isn't it? Side headlock by Hayes, reversed by Stallion into a wrist lock, shove off, hip toss by Stallion, nice waist lock belly to belly for two. Tag to Ranger Ross now, but Hayes punches away, tags in Garvin. Hayes with a nice left hand and a series of elbows and fist drops for strutting. And it's insane, Quinn, that this Michael Hayes character here would be a complete dork face in like five years. <laughs> yeah, he actually like to be fair to him, like for his time, he's like, very charismatic. 90s, he's charismatic, and he kind of looks cool. He's got like the yeah. Michael Jackson glove or whatever, which was like cool back then. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I'm just getting at that. So like, did Rene Goulet. Yeah, I just mean that Michael Hayes. I think he wears it better because he has the black trunks and he looks kind of badass. He does like, the moonwalk. Yeah, he does the moonwalk and stuff. It's just weird that they made him like this extra dorky guy like it's almost like a, a slap in the face of the michael hayes character very no wonder, talented no wonder my um bro tried to like get him out of doing it whatever <laughs> vince russo you're not doc hendrix yeah you're michael p.s hayes but like really yeah it's a cartoon in wwf it's very goofy We're here. Oh, we got King Mabel and all to that be, you know what i always liked about that though he like owned it he did that's the one thing i can say about doc as much as i hate him he like, put his all into and it the funny part is him watching him try to defend it when when vince russo tries to say who he is yeah like where he's like no i'm i'm doc hendrix well he gets like, very stern he's like, like i'm doc hendrix like, i don't know what you're talking about pal yeah but uh, he is the shits in the ring but he's very charismatic like oh, he, yeah. he can't wrestle really Kinda like chief in that case he's bad in the ring but he's kind of like chief yeah, yeah he's charismatic <laughs> But he's not Chief. No, Chief's not as good as Michael Hayes. I beg to differ. I what? think Chief's really good. Shut up. Not, I didn't say in the ring. I said they both stink in the ring. But Hayes they're, they're... is more like uh, Jesse Ventura, is what but I would Chief say. Chief is just Chief. I can't he... believe you're putting Chief He's Jay... so good. Any guy that can get me to like a, a dance can like be like the best thing that ever happened. That That's some good work right there. I cannot there. believe that you're putting Chief Jay Strongbow on the same level as Michael Hayes and listen, Jesse Ventura. Listen, folks. With Jesse Ventura, are you kidding me? He's, the- Chief is way better than him. No, like, without a doubt. Wait in the ring. We, everything. <laughs> like, yeah, everything. Not talking, Quinn. 
Click. I, 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 his stern talks are very. No, no, now you gotta be putting on a. Now you're kayfabe. I don't me. know what you're talking. Chief is great. <laughs> okay. Doc tosses, uh, Ranger Ross into the barricade as JR just continues to plug every conceivable <laughs> house show every 48 seconds. He's like, I'd like to remind everyone we'll be at the Dirt Muffin YMCA this Tuesday. <laughs> it's true. There's like way too much. They're like, and then we're gonna be in the circus it's, next week. It's like, just incessant yeah, yeah, throughout it's just the like show. Tons of fucking places. Like <sighs> every one horse town in Georgia. Really? Like, it's ridiculous. Some towns where they don't even have a horse, it's yeah. a donkey instead. It's just yeah. amazing here. Hot tag to the stallion back elbow Irish whip. Nice power slam for two as Garvin breaks up the pain. Irish whip again. Head down on the quick double DDT by the Freebirds while Patrick was dicking around with Ross. Anyway, the Freebirds get the win, Michael. This was strangely competitive, yeah. but not in a good way. Yeah, but, but, no, but not bad. In a way where it's like, why are they struggling with jobbers? They're like, not jobbers, they are, They're up-and-comers. <laughs> Hard cut to commercial here. We're back now with Funk's Grill, where <laughs> Terry Funk wanders into the frame with his big, stupid suit and tie. He's basically Colonel Sanders, but in a black suit. Yes. And why is he in front of a neon sign like he's like in a comedy club? Yeah, I would have expected a grill. What's it? He's like Andrew Dice Clay or something with that neon in the background. You know what I mean. Hickory dickory duck. Yeah, fuck. Except it's like the Georgia version. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, he predicts that his guest will be the richest wrestler in the world, Sting. Well, that's accurate, actually, with the, the, the lucrative deals that guy likes to sign. Like Sting he, money. Yeah, it's like literally comes to WF. It's like, you got to give me a bazillion bucks. To like, lose. Yeah, to, to lose to Triple H. But hey, he got his payday. That's all they care about, Quinn. Yeah, it's M- true. Most wrestlers. That's true. Bret Hart cares. I, and if you're old man Sting and they're like, we're going to pay you a million dollars to just lay down the Triple H. Okay. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> who gives a it's, shit? It's, like, it's not real. Yes. It's, it's like, I, it, hey, I need some money to retire off. You know, yeah, like, I know. I, I, if this is all I got left, yeah. like, I'm just going to be signing autographs for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> Sting yelps his way into the set with a really stupid rat tail still. Funk wants to know if Sting really believes that Ric Flair is taking him down the right track with all these, you know, horseman activities as Sting makes like soup motions while saying Funk is just trying to stir everything up. He sounds like a total schmuck, by the way, Sting? because like because it's like it's so obvious that like <laughs> there's no way Ric Flair and Iron are gonna like. Like, yeah, they're not trustworthy people. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, man, good job, Sting. Like, yeah. And Ric Flair's going to like shake his hand and right. like, like just give him a big hug right. after he loses to him. It's like, that's not how this is going to work. what's going to happen. He literally calls himself, even at this point, the dirtiest player. Like, come on. I know. He's been a heel most of his career. He's yeah. a face now, Flair Why is. Why does he trust them? He doesn't. He shouldn't. But Sting's but he not. Does. I know. <laughs> but Sting's not smart. Why is he a horseman? I don't know. In case you're wondering, folks, just a little flash forward here. The Flair Sting match actually winds up not happening. Sting gets injured at the Clash, and Flair faces Lex Luger instead at Wrestle War. And Sting is actually kicked out of the Horsemen for having the audacity to challenge Flair, and they turn right. on him. So obviously, Sting wasn't in the Horsemen long here. But anyway, he says if he beats Flair, or if Flair wins, the world title is still going to be in the Horsemen family. So it's all good, baby. Yeah, because that, that's totally. You yeah, know, remember that's remember, how Flair thinks. Also, remember that thing that happened when Batista and Randy Orton yeah, they, they won world titles. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that didn't work out either. No, it didn't. never works out in these factions. It does not. It doesn't never, seem to. You're never supposed to take the world title off the leader. No, it's, you're not. It's just not how it works. It's frowned upon. Yeah. Funk wants to know about these $10,000 robes that look like women's dresses and how Sting would be spending money, you know? And Sting. <laughs> this is amazing, by the way. This is so good. Sting adopts a surfer accent. Yes. 
which I swear to you is like 150 times better oh, than think? Todd's. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Todd can't pull it off. Yeah. Red, red for Yeah, sure. red, red for <laughs> Stiz is actually much more convincing. Surfboard, it's man. The, I'm just going to spend it on some surfboards. It's the most charisma I've ever seen Sting have, this interview. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, I like when he woos. He's pretty good with the woo. Not as good as Flair with his woo. Yeah, but he puts his hand, he cuffs his hands oh, what over his athlete. mouth. That's extra, extra wooage right there. Yeah. He tells Funk that he's not just a stupid fucking surfer kid, and he's very serious. Yeah, as he wears face paint. I It's like really taking him seriously. Was he being ironic, I think, when he said he's serious? I, I think he was. Yeah, you know what's funny about this horseman thing? It would have actually been funny if he started wearing a suit, no face paint, and he got like rid of his mullet and like he had just like a regular crew cut it would have been funny yeah like it's just like all serious yeah it would be really funny it would have been i'm not gonna lie i actually love this little promo this little it's interview it wasn't bad it's, it's not bad it's just the the rad bradford voice i loved it i thought yeah, it was great like it, well I, done I hard cutting in a break now and holy hell quinn i think our next match is going to be great yep sting Iron Anderson, mm-hmm. Ric flair okay that's good really good taking on the great muda whoa okay right Dragon Master who? who? Kendo Nagasaki. Oh. Mr. Sakuruto, or whatever his who? name is. Don't I, worry. Yeah. Not the guy that trained Bret Hart. <laughs> is he related to Mr. Mr. Saito? No, no. And Buzz Sawyer. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. I don't, I, I don't him Good. He, he's okay. Uh, everyone's already been introduced. Everyone's in the ring. Flair, by the way, has gloriously long hair. Oh, yeah. It's the good Flair. It's the good Flair. Yeah. Still 89 Flair. Yeah. You know, red robe. The crowd, Quinn, is loud. Everybody in this place has And everyone in the ring is super hyped. They just like, I feel like they just joined this in the ring. Like, nobody like came in. It no, was no, just no, like, they're all. It's just you, they, they like flip to it and everyone's like, oh my God. Like, everyone's like flipping the fuck out Ready of the to crowd. Fight. Like, yeah, it, the, the, the wrestlers are flipping out. They're yeah. all hyped up, making their poses. It's great. Kind of snarling at each other. It's like, let's fucking fight, man. Big feel of this yeah. one. Buzz Sawyer just fats around while Dragon Master stands around stupidly. Muda lays back in the corner before climbing the ropes. There's a great sign in the crowd that says, the Great Muda. Very creative. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even Great Muda is good or no! nothing. Like, the Great Muda. That's the sign. But he does say he's great in it. Maybe that's what the fan was getting at. Maybe he just meant They're Muda. They're agreeing with He's like, he is the Great Muda. Right, right. Like, he's great. He's just, he's great, Muda. If he put a comma in there, yeah. right, it would have worked. Uh, but Sawyer, I love this. He sells the crowd noise, which is awesome. He's like, oh, shit, yeah, I can't like, take oh, this. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, darn. Arn climbs in to start for his team is i now wonder if they modeled the latter era snitsky after buzz sawyer the same <laughs> very similar stupid haircut yeah black trunks maybe maybe, maybe it wasn't even his fault though <laughs> remember the yellow teeth too yeah remember snitsky yeah i snitsky's no, underrated he's not he's, he's rated fun. he's I, generically rated that whole like remember when he was like trying to apologize to lita but yeah, he was also kind of mean but it's not good yeah he didn't mean it though I know, it wasn't his fault. Yeah. Lock up the start goes nowhere. By the way, Arn and uh, Buzz, they look like cousins or something. <laughs> like, are they, like seriously. Like, Buzz they, Anderson. Like, literally, Buzz could have been an Anderson. could have been. been. the mid-80s. Yeah, like, right. And they, I don't know if Buzz was on the same track as the Andersons right, right. in some perfect way or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, another lock up here. Side thought by Arn. Push off. Leapfrog. Tag to Sting, who flies in over the ropes with the clothesline. Very nice. Very good. All six men are in, and the face is clean house to a huge cre- uh, reaction. And I can't stress enough how over this team is. Oh, yeah. The, this is like 
a super pairing. Really? Seriously? Buzz Sawyer has a conniption on the outside now as all the heels regroup. Side note, didn't Iron literally just come back? Literally yeah, came back like, in like December. This is like, so this is like everyone's, yeah, Iron's back. Like, oh, where's Tully? But, uh, you know, Iron's back. Yep. <laughs> yeah, where's Tully? They were going to bring Tully back too, but, you know, drugs. Yeah. By the way, the fourth horseman when they reformed in December of 89 with Iron and Sting and Flair was Oli, in case okay. you're wondering. It was Oli Anderson, but he's That's not here. Yeah, no, Oli, uh, not very good. Oh, he stinks. Yeah, Oli is very bad. So JR continues to plug every conceivable show. He's like, I'd like to remind you of the Ankle Pants Hoedown of Fish Fry coming <laughs> yeah. up, folks. Oh, way too many Amazing. Uh, Sawyer comes back in with a proud yell, but Sting responds with his own yell, the one that Quinn likes. Lock up in a body slam by the Mad Dog, who yells again to big booze. We get another lockup and a press slam by Sting. Sawyer bails out as Muda comes in and walks right into a press slam. Sting is basically the ultimate warrior by this point. He I, is their warrior. Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely, definitely is. He's definitely the warrior. Sting tosses him right onto Sawyer. Dragon Master's around on the outside. It's so weird to see the horsemen as faces. It honestly is. Like, anytime Flair is a face before, like, the late 90s or before the early 2000s, it's really weird for me. I, yeah. Flair is a face in like 89 or 90 is just always very, very strange. But I got to say, Quinn, the crowd is not quieted down at all in this no, match, right? No, no, no. no. They're, they're all into it. They're into everything that's going on. I almost feel like I know there's there's heels and faces here, but they're flipping out about like everything, everything. that everyone does. I know, it's great. See, unlike, and I'm going to give NWA, WCW some credit here, Quinn. Unlike Vince, who had to dub in the incessant crowd noise around this time. Right, to, like, tell you. You're right. This is legitimate. This is organic. They just let you make a decision. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, exactly. They're just like, you know what? Just go with it. All the heels writhe in pain now, like cartoon villains on the outside before Sawyer slides back in. Lock up again. Sting gets caught in the heel corner, but he heroically fights out as Flair marches around on the apron hilariously. The whole thing is really fun. Really I, fun! It's a, it's a good match. Seriously. Yeah. I bet uh, Brian Morse, who's a local Southern wrestling supporter on our group, he's going to love that we're reviewing this and oh, getting yeah. into the Southern wrestling. I do like it, for the record. It's just not... I didn't grow up with it. I like it when they do it in like an arena setting, because sometimes those... Now, not that's not to say I don't like the arena, the the tape teak deck, whatever the fuck shows. Or yeah, whatever, no, I know at the you know the studios, the studios. But 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 these are like the crowds are like freaking wild. I love these, it. Like these southern, like the old school southern wrestling. Yeah, like, there's there's a reason that this was successful. No, of course there is. People flip the fuck out about everything. I love it. I really do love it. I'm not kidding. It's just not my field of expertise, but I like watching it. There's also like a very weird like rubber banding scenario I like I like with this style of wrestling that it it always seems like the faces will get 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 ahead and then the heels will come back, but it's it's always like very back and forth like it can be, yeah. Back and forth and back and forth. It's like fucking Mario Kart when you like fall in the back and then you're immediately like in first place. You know, <laughs> like it's just like very back and forth. Very nice reference there. Muda comes in now as JR is again plugging more live shows. You know, join us at the John Seaver Memorial brunch this Thursday. Lock up Muda with a headlock shove off shoulder block by Muda. Drop down leapfrog and a monkey flip by Sting. Muda rolls into the face corner. So Flair and R just beat the shit out of him. I mean why not? Big tag to Flair now, who takes over with chops in the corner. Irish whip, back body drop by Flair, but Muda comes in to rake the eyes. Finally, the Dragon Master fats his way in, promptly gets his ass kicked. <laughs> I didn't mind this guy, <laughs> actually. He he's was, fine. He, he was bumping all over the place. Yeah, like, it's Kendo Nagasaki, the White yeah, Ninja, a bunch of different things. He, rem- he wrestles a lot like the older men that wrestle currently in New Japan, whenever I see them. There and actually, you go. that older Japanese wrestler's stiffness... But like, also will bump like a madman, right? He like does that, do that. That mixture, and I kind of dug this. I did. I'm not very familiar with this Dragon Master fella, so right. I was kind of like, 
this guy's okay. He's fine. Like, I like him. Like, he's, yeah. he's fine. Big backdrop by Flair and a tag into Arn Anderson. Arm ringer by Arn and an Irish whip and a shoulder block. Sawyer comes back in now and he stands off with Arn. Lock up, back in the corner, Buzz with a bunch of chops, corner whip, and Arn avoids a fast charge, and Buzz nails the post. Arn hops outside, attacks Buzz on the outside. Sawyer walks a little uh, too close to Flair and gets stomped from the apron. I love that. Yeah. He gets too close to where Flair is on the apron, so Flair just stomps down on him. Good. Good spot. Back in, and Sting gets a tag. Stinger works the arm now, but Sawyer grabs the hair, bites his way out. Snap Marin and elbow by Sawyer, but he misses another elbow. Sting gets back up <laughs> for... Some godforsaken reason. I have no idea what this was. <laughs> JR calls Sting a Wonderkind. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's a Wonderkind. <laughs> was he Alex Wright? I, that, it didn't make Yeah, that, that, Sting's not German. He's not German. I don't know. Maybe. From California. I don't know. Is he? Is, is Sting have any Nordic heritage of any kind? Well, I think Sting is a Dutch name, actually. <laughs> Stop. I mean, Steve Borden. Is he, is he Dutch or anything? I don't think so. Okay. Steve Borden. Ethnicity. Let's find out right now. Maybe he is. Okay, let's find Maybe out. Maybe he's German or something. American. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, but he's, <laughs> nobody's just American. What? Uh, Chief J. Strombo. No, he's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be a Native American. And he's not. Yeah. You're right. Does it say, uh, I don't think, steroids? Steroids. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't say anything No, I need to know. Borden, last name. All right, wait. Borden, surname, ethnicity. 23 Me, Steve Borden. No, not Bowen, Borden. We're doing this live on the air, folks. Remember, okay. this show is live. It's live, all right. We're definitely live right now. What if it is Dutch? That'd be funny if I was right anyway. It'd be amazing. It's English, I think it looks like. Mm. Yeah, which sounds right. So he definitely isn't a wonderkind. Hey, I don't... <laughs> Watch your language there. Yeah, is that <laughs> what it is? Wonderkind or kind? Wonderbread, actually, yeah, is what it is, Quinn. I don't know. Anyway, it's all terrible. It's all terrible. Tag to Flair. They exchange shoves. Slugfuss on the corner. Flair with some chops. Tag down to Dragon Master, who gets his ass kicked again by Flair. Credit is losing their freaking mind still, by the way. Like, yes. You could probably like, just dub in the crowd noise. I probably it's, like, will. insane. They love this stuff, folks. Yeah. They're eating it up like they eat up their grits there. Muda creeps in, but Nick Patrick notices. <laughs> nice knee drop by Flair. Crowd still crazy loud. Arn back in. Double leg for double A. He works a knee and puts on a spinning toehold before tagging and Sting, who gets the Scorpion Deathlock. But Buzz Sawyer comes in to make the save. Muda tags back in now. So does Flair. It's Chop Fest 90, but Muda lands a nice spinning kick. Flair gets back up and shoves Muda in the corner, but Muda with a rake of the eyes. Quick back suit play by Flair. And now he attempts the figure four, but Dragon Master runs in to make the save. Man, this rules. This is like, good. This is a good match. Right? Yeah. It's not often, folks, when we do these reviews that we get a long, good match. On a freaking, like, TV show? Yeah. Like, this never happens. This is the power. This See? is this is here's the power. Here's this the is the power. power that I was I was mumbling we to myself. For. Yeah, I was searching for the power. There you go. Flare bumps all the way over the post to the floor. Muda runs over with the dragon to attack. Sawyer wanders over now, so Arn just comes down, punches him. Flare gets punished on the outside before Dragon Master rolls him back in the ring. Sawyer tags back in now, and a beautiful power slam gets two as Arn makes the save. Flair now reverses a souple into a small package for two as Muda makes the save. Muda tags in, takes down Flair, kicks and punches in the corner, Irish whip, and a beautiful handspring elbow by Muda. This is absolutely great, honestly. <gasps> like, seriously, like, I can't stress enough how this was like, this is just on this show. It's just yeah. weird. And it's just like, it's like a pay-per-view match. Seriously, yeah. this is beautiful here. Yeah. Tag to the Dragon Master now with some dumpy kicks, some chops in the corner. Whip and the Flair flip Run of the top works because Flair's a face. You know, yep. when he does the flip and runs up top, mm -hmm. he doesn't get tossed off. The move works. See, there you is go. He's a face. Huge hot tag now to Sting, who drop kicks all of the heels. 
Corner Whip on Sawyer, Stinger Splash, Scorpion Deathlock, but Muda wanders in and uses the Green Mist for the DQ. I love that the Mist gets the DQ because it's still considered like, oh, oh you can't like, do that. And it's like death. Yeah, Sing, like, oh, yeah, Sing's dead. Right, exactly. So like, it's actually one of those situations where like, I don't love a DQ ending, no, but no, in this no. case, it's like, well, we got to see the mist. Right. That's cool. Cool. Like, and like, I don't care who wins this. It was just entertaining. Oh, so like, good. You know what I mean? Flair and Arn immediately come in. It's just now an all-out brawl. Everyone's in yeah, there. It's absolute madness. Yep. Sawyer with a suit play. Muda holds Sting in place. So Sawyer goes up top and lands. I can't describe it, but it's a ridiculously awesome top rope splash. It's like super. Like he jumps. Like he gets a lot of air. Yeah. And he lands on it, and it's absolutely crazy. It looks really good. Like they just fucked him up yeah like we're talking maybe better than jimmy snooker's superfly splash like he actually like jumped off the top but into the air not downwards that's how yeah. the only way i can put it he's like it's like he like used the ropes as like a trampoline and like went into the sky yeah. and then like mid-air like went on him like, i was very impressed by buzz sawyer yeah he is one of those guys that i think just because of like where he was yep like nobody remembers him, but he's pretty good. I think he had a very brief cup of coffee in the WWF in '84. You know five. the way Vince is. It's like Buzz Sawyer's look. He doesn't know what to do with that. Good point. Yeah, not yeah, right for the Hulkamania era. The thing is about Buzz Sawyer is the way to use him is like he's kind of like a better wrestling Duggan. Like he's very loud and like he rough been, and gruff. He would have been a great feud for '87. Wasn't 88, he also Duggan? hacksaw Buzz Sawyer? At some, no, wasn't he? Did he use the name Butch Reed? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought Buzz Sawyer used no, the Mad, hacksaw. Mad Dog. Also, okay, Mad Dog. But anyway, uh, this was just an awesome match here. Uh, Sting's half dead as we go to break, but what a great match, Quinn! Yeah, this was fantastic and easily four stars. And I'm serious. I, like, I'm, I'm with not you. even joking. We normally never rate these TV matches, but. This Four is stars. one of those situations where, you know how we told you this is on YouTube? You should really actually go find this. You don't have to watch all the other bullshit because it kind of sucks. Unless you really like This comma. is like half the show. So you just yeah. go to like the halfway point yeah. and you, you'll, you're, you're there. It's fantastic. Yeah. It really was a very entertaining, very fun 18-minute match maybe, something yeah. like that. It was long, but did not feel long. Nonstop action. Very, very good. Nonstop entertainment. Back to JR and Cornette, who say that the Power Hour Wrestler of the Week of 126 is Dr. Death. I literally don't care after the match. You just, why didn't they just see, we'll see you later. Join us at the fairgrounds or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, I know. they did not need to go into this. And like, nothing even happened when they like said he was the wrestler. Like, congratulations. And plus, we didn't see him wrestle. Yeah, well, we saw him talk at one point. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they plug like 7,000 more shows that are coming up. Cornette rants about how the NWA main event is preempted on Sunday as we run out of time here. Oh, also next week, Big match. Lex Luger versus the Z-Man. No, nobody cares. I'm sick. Anyway, great show, Quinn. Well, yeah. Overall. It, I'm going to say, it stunk in the beginning. So this was like a 50-50 show for me. The whole first half was bad. Oh, I like the other tag match with the Freebirds. Yeah, I didn't think of it. It was a lot of stalling. That's all I'm saying. It was. It was okay, though. Uh, Tama, that was terrible. That was awful. Yeah, so, Humperdinck was annoying. So I'm going to get, I give this a thumbs up, but it's like, oh, yeah. it, the show itself is like, it's it's literally two shows. It's like there's yeah. the first part and then there's the second, the second part. part yeah, yeah. Uh, but really, search it out, folks, on YouTube. It really it was worth it for that match. Right, definitely. Yeah. I had I had fun watching this, and uh, again, 1990 WCW, not something I watch a lot of, but it might be worth revisiting more of like 1991, 89 yeah. WCW. You know what I found interesting about that match too, with the production of it, yeah, like the, the last match. And I want to give credit to WCW. I didn't feel like there was a, even a commercial break in that match. Was there? You know, 
That's, I don't think there was. I don't know how the hell they pulled that off. And I just want to give some credit there for maybe they, they positioned their commercials in a different way right. so that they could do that. But like, yeah, I don't know if there was. Yeah. If just there sad. was, we, we skipped over it in the note. Like, I didn't note it. You know what I mean? I but I don't remember there all. being one. Yeah. I just wanted to note that as far as that main event being good. It was like it was given the proper time and everything. And whoever put it together as far as producing it for television, it was excellent. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And 1990 WCW is not known as one of their better years. WWF obviously was uh, doing some big things at the time. They were building the Hogan and Warrior feud, which on paper is obviously more exciting than whatever they could have been doing here yeah, in the I mean, NWA. Yeah, I mean, WCW's building Sting. At this yeah, point. They're, they're building they're, Sting. They're doing the same thing, just with a different guy. Right. And uh, But this was good. I had a lot of fun listening to it and fo- or watching it. And folks, we hope you had a lot of fun listening to us here as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. So you can join us next week as we kick off February with episode number 163. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the Facebook group. Let us know if you have somebody we want to talk about as an influencer. And if you want to donate, we would really appreciate that. That's patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. And if you have Apple Podcasts, iTunes, why don't you leave us a review there? But until next time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. I want to say one thing. What about these robes that Ric Flair wears? Five, ten thousand dollar robes. He blows on all of these fancy diamond outfits that looks like women's dresses. How would you spend five or ten thousand dollars? Oh, well, let me think about this for a minute, dude. I don't know. Maybe I'd go back to the West Coast, California. Maybe I'd buy about 30, maybe 40 surfboards man maybe a couple <laughs> i figured yeah maybe out. maybe a lot of surfboards <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. you really you really think that i might do that don't you nope. you think that i'm just a dumb kid from the west coast a stupid surfer boy don't you no i am from the west coast terry but i'm a grown-up oh very serious when you, when you stop stop stop, stop.